All right, Charles, we are live, my man. How are you doing tonight, pal? I'm doing pretty good. How, how about you, Jeremy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just had a good episode with Dr. Beckett. That was a lot of fun. You watched it, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and what did you think? What did you think of the episode? What do you think of Dr. Beckett? Well, I mean, it's Dr. Beckett. I mean, one of like the true legends of the hobby, like basically like pioneer, you know, like everyone knows like about Beckett Magazine. I mean, it's just insane. I, I could go on and on about him, but the show was, I mean, it was amazing. You guys touched on everything that's been happening uh, throughout the year, you know, and this year has been crazy for hobby. You know, it's just everything. It seems like everything's going up. It seems like every new people are getting in every single day. And uh, one thing that stood out to me was um, with basketball cards. Yeah, of course, you know, like they're really hard to come by, you know, like they're sold out everywhere. Everyone doesn't have one, but it is a lot better than what's going on in the 90s with like pro set score and Don Russ, you know. So I really think that's what, what what's going on right now is just it's not good for the hobby. But trust me, it can be a lot worse, be a lot worse. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. I'm just laughing, Charles, because, you know, and I'm, you know, you know, I've told you I'm impressed by you. And, uh, but I love, you know, you refer back to the 90s as if you were there for it, yet you weren't even born until the 2000s. So I just, I, I get a kick out of it. But that's awesome, pal. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Listen, anyone who's back joining us now that was uh, live with us for, for the episode with Dr. Beckett half an hour ago, um, you know, welcome back. And I appreciate everybody watching that. I wanted to do a nice year in review. I forgot a couple things. I forgot to mention a couple things when I had Dr. Beckett on with me. So I want to mention them now to anybody who's here watching with us. The first thing is uh, be sure to check out his his podcast. It's called Sports Card Insights, Dr. Beckett's Sports Card Insights. And he 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 uploads it to YouTube and it's available on all the all the uh, uh, podcast platforms. So check out, check out his, uh, check out his, 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 uh, his podcast. I find it quite interesting. I also want to, I didn't say Merry Christmas, happy holidays to, on the last episode. It's boxing day. It's the day after Christmas. And I can't believe I forgot to mention that in my opener, uh, on the main show earlier tonight. So I do want to wish everybody who's listening in the future, watching in the future, joining with us live right now. I wish, I, I hope everybody had a, a nice Christmas. If you did celebrate it, I hope you had a nice day. Uh, despite the limitations and the the real the the challenges of seeing family, everything like that, you know, I recognize it. But I hope that uh, that you found a way to stay busy and and, and stay happy during Christmas Day. And uh, also want to mention that, based on having Doctor Beckett on earlier, uh, he has agreed to do a sort of an annual tradition uh, on Sports Cards Live, a year in review. So. I mean, it's a year down the road. We'll see how 2021 is, and if we're if we're happy, sad, excited, what the mood will be like. But I'm excited that uh, that he agreed to that. That'll be a lot fun going forward. Charles, what do you think? A year from now, Doctor Beckett's back on the main show with me. Are we going to be happy, sad? What's the mood going to be like in the hobby? What do you think? I think what's going to happen is that we're all going to look back on this, and this is going to be one of those like prime eras. You know, like we have. You have the 90s where there were stores on every block across Canada. There were shows everywhere. And, you know, like as much as the cards at that point were being overproduced, the happiness wasn't being overproduced. You know, it was just like everywhere. Happiness in the hobby was everywhere, you know, tons of shows. Like, and, you know, yeah. and that's when like kids were mainly in the hobby. And that's like, I think, one of the golden eras, right? I think we're going to look back on this year. And we're going to say to ourselves, wow, that was 
crazy. You know, yeah. that was just insane. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think we will look back on it uh, just like that down the road. A year from now, we might still be feeling some of the the, the repercussions of 2020. I think we will be, but I think it's going to go for a while. Let's see. Let's see who we have joining us right now. We have Teledan. Merry Christmas to you, Teledan65. Aaron Goldstein in the house. Hope you had a good Christmas yourself, Aaron. Good to have you. Hockey guy. Uh, <clears throat> that's Chris. Excuse me. I was back. Welcome to you, B-Roy. Welcome to round two. Hockey, ho hockey guy. The thing we don't know, Charles, is how much wax is now being stored away as investments like was done in the early 90s. No, we do not know that. And I think it's more than... I think it's more than ever. I, I wouldn't say more than ever, but I think it's more than we've seen in the last 25 years. Oh, for I sure. believe we had Texas car dude back with us. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Mike Truman. The pro set bashing, <laughs> always with the pro set bashing. Hey, <laughs> I won't. I won't say pro set is bash worthy because I don't want to insult pro set collectors. But yeah. uh, but boy, you know, I you think about pro set cards. Actually, the look and feel of them, like they were not a high quality card. The cardstock was very was very thin. Just wasn't a wasn't a quality product. Even the wrapping it came in was like plastic. If you stretched it, the ink would stretch. It, was, it wasn't a high quality product, but it has like a cult following. And there's a lot oh, of obscure. Uh, there's a ton of errors people collect. But to me, one of the greatest cards of all time did come out of that product. Nuts, the Stanley Cup hologram. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, Mike, absolute welcome back and thank you very much. Hope uh, that was enjoyable with the, with uh, Dr. Beckett. I, I certainly thought he was, he was great. And I think we had to kind of speed through. I unfortunately had to just, I couldn't even look at the comments much at all uh, because we were on limited time with him. And um, and uh, I wanted to cover a bunch of topics, a bunch of the big the big issues or the big the big headlines from 2020. So I think we, we managed that. Foul Five Ball is back, welcome back. Gregors, good evening to you. Austin, Jeremy, I'm trying to join the Facebook group, but it says you need a reference from within the group already. Yeah, just just put my name. That's all you need to do. Just put my name, and I'll I'll, I'll admit you. No problem, Austin. Thank you for joining. Nineteenth Vintage. Hey to you. Good evening. Welcome to After Hours. Ah, there you go. Mike is saying good evening to Charles. Good evening. Good evening. Lots of comments here, guys. Yeah, Happy Boxing Day, everybody. Says Brad. Happy Boxing Day, everybody. Charles is great. A lot of knowledge on vintage cards. He certainly does. Charles is an active member of the vintage card groups, uh, mostly hockey on, on Facebook. But uh, the guy for 14 years old, I wouldn't have invited him if I wasn't uh, impressed by this young man. And he's prepared some data for us. So he's actually gone back. And we kind of talked about this a week or so ago. And he mentioned that he was tracking some cards. I said, that's a great idea, Char idea Charles. And I sort of tasked him with analyzing sales data from certain cards from before the Gretzky sales to after to see what's changed. So he's going to present that uh, to us uh, shortly. Bobby Burrell is back. Good evening, Bobby. Thank you for joining. Uh, Mike says, Charles, I don't think you can refer to the 90s as the golden era. I was there and I'm not that old. <laughs> well, and I think what Mike mean by golden era kind of refers to the comic book, the golden age of comics. But I think what Charles meant, and maybe I'll let you clarify, but I think you meant was just a, a, an era that we're going to remember. We're going to think back on. Is that kind of what you meant? Yeah, for sure. And at that point, that was when the hobby was like most popular. So that's what I, so that's what I meant by that. Yeah. I, of course, the market crashed. But. And you're you're 100% correct. It was the most popular in those early 90s. Um, I lived through it, had a card shop in those years, and it was yeah. crazy. Hattrick Heroes, uh, hello to you. Hello to you. Daniel, my man. Daniel's back. Merry Christmas and welcome. 
Michael Ham, wax is the new long-term hold game. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people holding a lot of wax right now. I'm, I'm certain of that. I've had people tell me. So yeah, no doubt about it. Hockey, hockey. 90s was fun because I had a new pack of cards every week. As a kid, I thought it was the greatest at the time. We all thought it was the greatest at the time back then in the early right? Exactly. I mean, you can't, spe you can't speak from experience, Charles, but you seem to really have a grasp on what it was like back then, and that, that's one of the things I like about you. Yes, I do like the Pro Set holograms, and not just the Stanley Cup. I also like the, dra the 75th anniversary that came out in the second year Pro Set, too. That's really cool. Yeah, B-Roy knows what we're talking about there. Oh, yeah. Hockey, hockey, pro set 91, 92, my favorite all-time set. Seriously? I, I got to be serious. Like, even pro set platinum was a little bit of a step up from uh, from those early pro set sets. Yeah. With the full, the full bleed photography and all that. Patrick Heroes says, finding a gem in the 90s sealed is harder these days than pulling a Lafreniere. Yes, for sure, for sure. Facebook users, happy holidays, cuz. Are we really cousins? Because I don't know who you are. But I'm going to put, and if you are, then I want to know. But if anyone is on Facebook and I don't can't see your name, look at the ticker right now. It says go to streamyard.com slash Facebook and click the big blue button. That will allow me to see your name on on uh, here in the, the studio. So please go do that. I'd greatly appreciate it. Streamyard.com slash Facebook is where you need. I'll leave that up for a few more minutes here. Mike Truman, welcome back. Master set of 1991 Pro Set without the hologram, recently sold for just over 500. So that must mean with all the errors, or is it just the one to one to two thousand cards that were in it? I, I, I joke, I know, but it was like a seven hundred card set or something like that. Interesting, but good to see it getting some respect. I mean, it is from a very important time in the hobby. So, yeah, anything to add, Charles? Oh no, I'm just surprised that it's off that much. Yeah, <laughs> I am too. Colin, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Michael. You did great. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that very much. You know, I, I was balancing time and content and comments and I let the comments slide over everything. I think that was the right decision, but I appreciate that, Michael. Thank you so much. Tim Marin, up late on the East Coast here. All hope. Thank you, Tim. Doing well. Glad to have you, buddy. Glad to have you. Michael wants to know, why has the hockey card market on goalies not taken off? Who would be the big cards? Great question. Great question. You know, to me, the one of the problems with goalies in hockey is that a lot of the great goalies, their rookie cards, came out in 1990, 1990, 91, like 91, what maybe the most overproduced year of them all has the Dominic Hasek rookie, which to me is the number one goalie of all time. And then you've got Martin Brodeur. A lot of people would say the number one goalie of all time. His, his rookie card is a 1990 score, a massively produced product. So it challenged to get, to, to get value. But then if we're going to go before that, you know, the, the biggest card likely is the Patrick Waugh 1986 Opeachy. An amazing card, very valuable. It's part of uh, part of um, Charles's data for tonight, so we're going to look at that in one grade a little bit later. And then you go back in time, and you got Ken Dryden in 1971, and you go, you got Jock Plant, Terry Sawchuk. I mean, there's great goalies throughout, but um, and I think you're going to see them take off in terms of the more important guys as time goes by. Ziggy, welcome back to the show. Les Lee ha Lee Haskins. Uh, th hey man, thank you. I'm in I'm glad you enjoy the live videos. Very very happy to hear that. Thank you for joining us, Adam D. Welcome to the show. What is going on? We are chilling out on a Saturday night Boxing Day, man. Saturday night Boxing. Miss Fire says hello to Charles. Is that your mom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Charles's mother. Welcome to the show. Daniel A says, I remember being the only one in my neighborhood buying Opichi Premier cards. Yeah, until everyone figured it out and they went up in value. 
again, something Charles wouldn't remember, but he nods like he was there, which I love because he understands the important, that set was like the first premium set. And in that set, you don't really have any great, well, you have a Curtis Joseph rookie as far as goalies, but you've got Yarmer Yagers, arguably his best rookie card. And Madano, um, Ronick, um, McGilney, uh, yeah. Rob Blake. There's a whole bunch in that set of, of really great rookie cards. And um, and the the Jagger is going to be something that Charles did uh, look into, so he'll present us with some of that data shortly. Pro, pro set Santa, be careful. Pro set Santa's watching. Yeah, that's a card I never, I've never owned the Pro set Santa Claus card. That was a tough card back in the day. Brian Palmer, Brian Palmer, former guest of After Hours. Good evening to you. Yeah, this one starts a bit earlier than usual. All the errors we know about for now. Yeah, that's the thing. There's always more errors being discovered in that Pro set uh, set. If everyone is holding sealed wax and it won't be as valuable as people believe it will be. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting concept, but it depends how, how at what pace they release it into the wild. And nobody really knows what everybody is holding exactly. So there's that mystery, which will could actually have the exact opposite impact of what you're thinking, hockey hockey. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say just that I I hear what you're saying, but I, I don't know that I agree with it. But I also don't know that I disagree. I think you, you may be right, but you, I'm 50-50 on it. You, you may you could be as wrong as you are right on that one. Tell it, Dan. Charles has binders full of my 90s stuff. He knows it well. Is this your dad? Yeah, that's my dad. Even though he wasn't there, his dad. Oh, yeah, it says right there. Yeah, <laughs> tell it, Dan. I don't doubt it. I, I can tell that he that he knows it well. He speaks about it very accurately and with confidence. Mike Truman. Well said, said in jest, but the thing is, we'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know. Hockey goalies are great. Wah, Hasek, Brodeur. Yeah, those are those are three of the greatest of all time right there. And, uh, you know, Hasek and Brodeur can be had, had, can be had very cheaply. Patrick Wah, as, as uh, Charles will show us, has definitely gone up in value. Jason Pringle, welcome to the show. Sweet home early from work. Turn on Sports Cards Live. Woohoo, you betcha, buddy. Great to have you. Great to have you. Hasek has what? Upper deck, rookies, pro set. Yeah. He's got a Parkhurst rookie, a few more, I'm sure, from back then. Amish Dave Archer, welcome to the show. He's a Martin Brodeur collector. We Someone did say him. Crease collector, uh, that's Aaron, said Enroth's rookies in 20. <laughs> collector is the Jonas Enroth uh, uh, collector. And uh, Jonas Enroth is quite the obscure player, but he's got love from this player, this collector right here. Alex Orchowski, any thoughts on the promising undervalued prospects for 2021? I mean, I don't know about enough about these guys. I know that Canada beat Germany like 16 to 2 in the World Junior. So there's going to be guys who can score goals, but beating Germany 16 to 2 doesn't say that much about the team. Uh, what do you think? What do you think, Charles? I mean, Charles is a vintage guy, but uh, do you have anything to say, Charles, on the, some of these uh, promising and undervalued prospects for the season that's going to start in about two and a half weeks? Uh, yeah. So. I think that everyone was bashing the rookie class a bit too much, seeing as well, you know, like every, everything, that, everything that was going on. But we're definitely seeing in World Juniors, you know, guys who, like, personally, I didn't think were, like, great. They're, like, impressing everyone. So, especially in that Canada game. But, again, it was against Germany. So, we can only really speak once we see them going against tougher competition, like, you know, America. Okay, good stuff. Facebook user, it's Mark Lee, your cuz. Well, same last name. Uh, my X store is on the pro set card. What pro set card is your X store on? Because that's pretty cool. But let, let us let us know. Hockey Hockey says Hainsworth, and then he says hair. 
So if you're talking about George Hainsworth, uh, who has a rookie card and I believe 1925 or something like that, um, yeah. great goaltender, uh, uh, a pioneer of the sport, but not somebody who's on everybody's mind right now. But yeah. interesting to know what you meant. What you, oh, Hainsworth and Hasek, he says, are the greatest goalies of all time. Cannot argue with that. I, I'm a firm believer that Hasek is the best of all time. From Well, players that I've seen, I never saw Hainsworth. I never saw George Vezina or Jacques Plante or probably <laughs> Ken Dryden. But uh, but yeah, I, I love Hasek, no doubt about it. Big Daddy Cool, this is the best live broadcast about collecting that not enough people know about. Yeah, if more people knew about it, I wouldn't be able to keep up with the comments. So maybe we're at the perfect level right now, although I'm not gonna, I'm not against growth, that's for sure. Thank you, Big Daddy Cool. Great to have you. Ryan O'Hara, Jagger Data. Can't wait. There you go, Charles. Ziggy says, have each of you pulled the trigger on an Alexis Lafreniere? Looks like 200, 250-ish yet. I do not have an Alexia, an Alexia Lafreniere rookie card yet. Charles is uh, shaking his head no as well. Yeah. We don't, we don't, Ziggy. Um, the thing with young guns over the, you know, 2020 is a, certainly a different year. But in the, the history of young guns, every year, the big guy goes for big money out of the gate. And then he slowly comes back if he is not the next Sidney Crosby or the next Connor McDavid. So I'm willing to wait and uh, maybe pay a bit more once he's established as kind of the next in that line. What do you think, Charles? Yeah, for sure. Like, we don't, we don't know what he's going to do in his rookie year. I mean, we can all predict. But if, you know, anything like Jack Hughes or, you know, like guys like that, it's going to take a bit longer to to go up. Like Taylor Hall, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, Taylor Hall is a great example. And I was, I was thinking Taylor Hall, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. These guys were first overall picks. Their young guns came out. They're selling for $100, $150. Now you can pick them up for, like, under $50 quite easily. But they didn't turn into the next Sidney Crosby. I think with Alexi Lafreniere, he will turn in. I believe he will turn into the next, you know, Crosby, McDavid, Lafreniere. That's what I see happening. So I may have to pay more for his rookie card down the road, or I just won't end up with a young guns until way later. And I may just end up with, you know, wait for his future watch auto or something like that. Eric Perry says hockey rookie, hockey goalie rookies, the Patrick Waugh all day long. Yep. Multiple cups, legendary player, pop reports, relatively low price is still attainable, especially tops. Yeah. Agree completely. Adam says, anyone pumped for 20? Oh, who is not pumped for 2021 Skybox Metal? I haven't been as this pumped for a product since 0506 The Cup came out. Oh, and yeah. uh, I cannot wait to get some. I just hope I can get it. I just hope I can get as much as I want, and I don't think I will. Ziggy says he is, wants to know when we can pre-order. Yep, good question. Uh, call your LCS and find out. That's all I can say to that. Mike Truman, holding wax has paid well for 0506. Those of us who are there. Know that ice SPA were dud products now getting 15 bucks a pack. Yep, because it's all it, it, it's the lottery ticket aspect, simple as that. Hockey guy 9091, ton of rookies. Oh, yeah, Jagger, Sandine, Ronick, McGillney, Owen Nolan, Mike Medano, uh, Lindros. Yeah, I, I thought he was talking about Opeachy Premier, then I saw Lindros, but you're talking about the rear overall. Olaf Kolzig, a great goaltender, Igor Larionov, Curtis Joseph, Rod Brindamore. And that he, he's right, that is just to name a few. Oh, yeah, just to name a few for sure. Adam D just found out about it. I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm pumped. So pumped for it. So pumped for Metal Universe. Lee Haskins, are the 79 Tops hockey set a good set to collect or just the best players? Seems like an iconic set. The Opeachy would be more iconic than the Tops, Lee. Uh, and I would I would personally recommend just pick up the players you like. You know, I mean, I don't personally, unless you're a set collector, and then go for it. But if you're not a set collector by nature, why bother with all the commons? Yeah. But let's see what Charles thinks, because Charles knows a lot about these sets. What do you think, Charles? 
I think that the set does have a lot of historical aspect to it, like Bobby Hall's last card, Gordy, you know, Gordy Howe's last card. And the those cards are infamously known for being off-center. But basically, one card set. Like, if you're looking at it from an investment standpoint, one card set. But if you're, like, a set collector, there's tons of good photography in it. it and it's the only set that's, like, like I'm not going to say oddly colored, but it's unique in the fact that, they're, that like, it's blue. Yeah. That, that, to me, is cool. Yeah, those blue borders make it very condition sensitive. But but I, I agree with Charles. It's a one card set for the most part in terms of the Gretzky rookie. You know, and I just learned this on a prior episode a couple of weeks ago that it also has Bobby Orr's last appearance in his playing days as part of the Chicago Blackhawks team card where they had them all you know lined up like your school class picture, and uh, and he's on there. And I didn't realize that, so I'm kind of. Uh, kind of wanting a card like that for my collection or that that card in my collection is Bobby Orr's final appearance on a playing days card. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Seb welcome says in the same era and with a bad team, Hasek has six Vezina and Brodeur has four with the best defense ever. Hasek is the best. No question. I'm with you. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Ziggy says, welcome to the best live interview show in the hobby. Thumbs up. Thank you, Ziggy. Thank you very much. Hockey guy, don't buy the hype. Nail Yakupov. Yeah. So what, what what hockey guy's talking about? Don't buy the hype is the Lafreniere. But this might be an this might be a, a worthy example of a of a, an exception to that rule because he may be the next Connor McDavid. Even if he's just a notch below, but a notch above an Austin Matthews, uh, you still have a great a great player there. And then he references Nail Yakupov, who was also a first overall pick who we haven't heard of really since then. He, his career is nothing. His young gun might be worth two bucks if you're willing to pay the shipping on it. <laughs> Alex says, what's your favorite vintage hockey card and why? Excluding the Gretzky and Bobby or rookies. Let's start with you, Charles. What's your favorite vintage hockey card? By far, Bobby Clark rookie. Bobby Clark rookie. Yeah, Bobby Clark rookie. I think that that card is like really hard to find centered. And it's just a young Bobby or no helmet on, just staring at the camera. Bobby Clark, I, the Bobby Clark, right? Yeah, Bobby Clark. You said, you said or by mistake. Yeah, the Bobby Clark. Yeah, it's oh, from sorry. the name. No, no. It's all, yeah, you just you just said Bobby or by mistake, which is a common thing to say after saying Bobby. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's a cool card, Charles. And the Bobby Clark rookie is from 1970. He's got a he's got a definitely has no peach. I'm I'm guessing he has a tops card as well. I think I think he does. I know that one of the big three in that set don't because there's the Clark. There's the uh, the Gilbert Perot and uh, who's the third one? Clark Perot and Daryl Sittler, the big three in that set. I one of them I don't think does have a tops, but they all have OPGs. I don't believe um, Clark has a tops. I think it's Gilbert Perot who has the uh, tops. And Alex, to add my favorite vintage hockey card, like, oh my God. Like it is Wayne Gretzky's rookie for sure. I know you said excluding it, but just to be clear, that is my favorite vintage hockey card. But after that, I have many. Like I love the second, I love the 1952 Parkhurst Gordie Howe with that yellow background. I think it's just a, a stunner of a card in its simplicity, but it's vibrant colors. The Jean Beliveau 53 Parkhurst is a fantastic card. The Jacques Plante 55 Parkhurst rookie is a gorgeous, gorgeous card. Uh, I mean, I, I can I, I could really go on and on. Um, I love the second year Gretzky card. The eighty Gretzky is an is an awesome card to look at. The Mario Lemieux rookie. I've, I've got too many, too many. But I hope that gave you. I also like the fifty two Parkhurst Terry Sawchuk, a beautiful card. The fifty four Tops Gordy Howe, iconic card. So I've got several. 
Let's keep going. Ziggy No says, what did Connor do in his rookie year to justify the hype? What should we be looking for from Alexi? Is it scoring out of the gate or will it take time to get ice minutes? Thanks for the advice. Great question. Um, Connor McDavid got hurt in his rookie year very early, but he came back and didn't win rookie of the year, but he came in second place and had a, you know, he's a scorer. You want guys, Ziggy, that score. That's what you're looking for. And I know it sounds obvious, so I, I'm not patronizing, but it's just the fact. You want players that score and uh, and you want players that get ice time. The good thing is that usually the first pick overall goes to a poor team. That's just the way the, the draft is structured. And there is room for ice time for that player. In the in, With the case of the New York Rangers, he's actually joining a decent team already. They're young with a lot of upside and a lot of great prospects. So I think he will be given a chance to excel. He'll be given lots of ice time. He hasn't been loaned to Team Canada for the World Juniors that are going on right now, telling me he will be playing right away. And he will definitely get ice time. You don't let a guy like this uh, kind of waste away and not get valuable experience at such a young age. So you're looking for him to get on the score sheet, Ziggy, with goals and assists. And he and don't worry, he will get ice time. He will get ice time. Canner collects is wings versus the abs the best hockey fight ever with goalies. Uh, it might be. There's also a great fight between uh, Patrick Waugh and Mike Vernon back probably in, uh, in in and around the '89 playoffs. Maybe that uh, look that up on Google, but or on YouTube. But uh, Charles, what, what do you know about uh, about some of these hockey fights from the past? Two players: Billy Smith, Ron Hextall. Oh. Any of those guys, you're gonna find tons of brawls with them. And Billy Smith's mask is just hilarious in all of them. So, yeah, Billy Smith was basically like having an an enforcer on the ice between the pipes, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Ron Hextall was just like I don't know, he was a hockey player, you know. Like, oh, as yeah. Usual, yeah. All right. Paul says that you're looking for a point a game pace for a hockey rookie. Yeah, that's a great performance. A point a game is tough to do in the nhl for for anyone so uh, that would be great to see we have victor in the house good evening victor pack of upper deck and a pack of marlboro please <laughs> that's from this morning's show on hobby hotline very funny victor very funny hockey hockey the fact mcdavid started in the ohl at 15 years old yeah and i think lafreniere had some early history as well uh getting uh like an early draft status Gregor says Charles was just born when 0506 the cup came out for perspective. Yeah, there we go. Well, you, you couldn't, you can't tell with uh, Charles. He seems to, seems to have really, uh, really taken a, a keen liking to, uh, to vintage hockey in particular and uh, knows the game. And some of the players that Charles talks about, it's like, I haven't even heard of. So I always find that interesting. <laughs> Yakupov wasn't hyped. Well, the first round pick was hyped a little bit, hockey, hockey, but not as much as you see nowadays, for sure. Not from Junior, because he was from Russia, too. We have a Facebook user says, hey, to Charles. Again, not sure who you are, Facebook user, but do feel free to look at the ticker. Go to streamyard.com slash Facebook and click that big blue button, please. And thank you. Yes, he was. He was the biggest hit that year, Yakupov. Or, yeah, during the year, nobody considered Yakupov to be the next one. He just happened to be rated the best prospect that year. Yeah, don't agree with that. No tops for Bobby Clark. Thank you, Seb. So, yeah, it's just no, he just has no peachy in 1970. What about Marcel Dion? Nobody thinks about him, but look at his stats. Yeah, so Marcel Dion's from the year after Bobby Clark. He's He's got a rookie in 1971 along with all-time greats Guy Lafleur and uh, Ken Dryden. And... Um, yeah, Marcel Dion, I mean, he was the second leading scorer in the history of the NHL until until Jager took that that away from him. I, I believe that's right. Messier might, might, might be uh, third or fourth now. 
but uh, I guess maybe fourth. But Dion also no Stanley Cups and played in obscurity somewhat in Los Angeles for a lot of years. Don't forget, the LA team didn't really hit the map until 1988-89 when Gretzky joined. But, uh, you know, they never really won anything. And uh, But what a great player he was, no doubt about it. Daniel says, Lafreniere not being a centerman hurts him, in my opinion, unless he's the next Ovi. Well, Ovi can score goals. Let's see if he can too, no doubt. Dave Kaplan, welcome. Canada over Germany, yeah, 16-2. to two. Cole Perfetti had three points. Cousins had six points and a hat trick. So for those of you out there who are looking for young guns, uh, I know I, I I don't actually know if these guys have cards yet, Cousins or Perfetti, but uh, these are a couple names to keep uh, keep your eyes on for sure, for sure. Mike Truman, I hope Jeremy had Charles research 8081 Gretzky for this show. Well, we did. We, in fact, did, Mike, but we didn't look at all grades. Charles really picked one or two grades per card, but hopefully it'll be enough basis. You go on to say, I haven't done the analysis, but my sense is that it has exploded. Yeah, it's exploded. That's what I saw just before we sh he showed me. And I was like, whoa, are you serious? So it really has. It really has. More on Yakupov. He was never hyped the way Ovechkin, Crosby, Stamkos, Tavares, Hall, McDavid, Lafreniere were. That's a complete list right there. And I believe that to be true as well. All those guys that you name are all, except for Ovechkin, who was a special case, are all Canadian. Every single one of those guys are Canadian, which does get the hobby love in hockey. Uh, and Yakupov just wasn't. Just wasn't hyped and just wasn't Canadian. Seb says, to understand the hype on McDavid, you really have to watch an Oilers game to understand he does not skate, he flies. And that, that's the thing about McDavid. He is the he is like the fastest player in the league, and he can stick handle at those high speeds, and that gives him a huge advantage over his peers. Huge. Peter Bondra also has a rookie card in 1990-91, as does his old line mate Michael Pavonka, also from that same year. Uh, very obscure and relatively unknown player now, but the guy had a lot of points in his career. Eric Perry says, my favorite vintage hockey card by far, the 63 Gordie Howe with the American flag. That, Charles, Charles, there's a card from that set that you really like, isn't there? Yes, there is. And it's funny you say that because I forget his name. I know he was the first ever player uh, born in a Newfoundland that played in the NHL. Oh, Alex Wagner. Alex Wagner. Yeah. Alex that is really nice. The uh, uh, the Mahalich, the, the Rink Mahalich, that card is iconic to me. Yeah, very nice set. I agree. And you know what? Relatively easy to find in good condition, actually. That is not a tough condition set. Peter Chow, last two Lemieux rookie card PSA 9s that I see, 6,505K. When did this jump over 3,500? Well, recently, but there's one on eBay right now that is uh, being offered by PWCC. I've seen a lot of people speculate if it's being shill bid. I don't believe it is. It's got the PWCC-A designation, meaning they view it to be in the top 30% of all PSA 9 Lemuse, and I believe that's why you're seeing a premium. And for, you know, kind of deservedly so, if it factually is in the top 30% of all PSA 9s. We have to remember, too many people forget this all the time. Not all PSA 9s are equal. You're going to see fluctuations. You're going to see different prices of every card. There are not only 10 conditions of cards. There's an infinite amount of conditions of cards. Remember that. Not all nines are the same. And it's it's there's merit to them selling for ranges and sometimes large ranges. It, it's, it, it, it's legit. I'm not saying the auction's legit because I have no idea. But I don't suspect anything myself because of the price of that particular card. I think it's just there's nothing wrong with that, with that value. Bobby Burrell says, Charles has an old soul when it comes to vintage hockey. And... That's that. Those are uh, that's high praise, uh, Charles, coming from Bobby Burrell, 
Bobby Burrell is the author of these two books right here on vintage hockey that I have sitting right here. So, yeah. So that with the vintage, you can't find these books anymore. They were they're out of print. Uh, you can maybe find a used copy, but I'll, I'm just telling you, Charles, that's nice praise coming from Bobby, uh, who is known as one of the uh, one of the experts in vintage hockey. Maybe you will take his place one day. <laughs> All right. Hello, Jeremy. Great show. Hey, happy holidays to you, Jay Pogs. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us very much. Isn't Germany playing super shorthanded? Yeah, I heard that they are very shorthanded. I don't know why. I guess due to COVID or something, but yes. So 16 to 2 is kind of a it's almost embarrassing that we beat them 16 to 2. Uh it's almost like yeah. like like bullying in a way, but um it is what it is, right? Yeah. Canada scored 16 goals. Germany had 15 shots. And Canada scored 16 goals in like 45 shots. So they were scoring on a you know 33% clip. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Mark Lee wants to know Charles's thoughts on tops versus Opeachy in hockey cards. Charles, take it away. So I love Opeachy more than tops, except for two instances: 8081 and 8990. I think that 8081 unscratched cards are incredibly undervalued just simply because of the fact that I can almost guarantee you almost every kid in 8081 was scratching them to see the player's names. So I think that's that the tops version. Yeah. Just tops to be clear. Version. Yeah. And uh, in 8990 um, tops, significantly rarer than OPG. But overall, I'd have to give the hand to uh, OPG just because of, you know, Canada and I, you know, and lower production numbers. And you know, rough cut edges and like, you know, like not so great coloring, but that's, that's what makes it cool to me is like, you're basically seeing raw cardboard. That to me is cool. So I like OPG more than tops, but I think that tops is certainly undervalued. Yeah, I, I do too. I'm starting to think that too. You know, I, to market, you know, not that you asked, but I'll give it anyway. You know, for me, my, my whole life, I was, I was loyal. Opeach. had no interest in a tops card. The only tops card I wanted was the 89 Joe Sackick because it's just a, a way, way, way tougher card than the Opeachy. But a couple of years ago, I realized that, you know, there is some value in these cards. So I went and I bought a high grade Gretzky rookie and a high grade uh, Mary Lemieux rookie in tops because I couldn't, afford the Opeachy version in those grades. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to get the next best thing tops. I'm glad I did because they've exploded in value since then. But be based on that comment, I can see there being value in those cards. And if you think about it, you know, if you really get down to it, they look the exact same. You know, there's a slight color difference on the back. It's mostly on the back because the card stock was a little bit different. But I'm very comfortable with uh, with the tops hockey cards in the hobby now. But I'm I'm but I'm more comfortable with Opeachy's. Like, don't get me wrong. I still put Opeachy above tops in terms of importance and significance and all that. But I'm 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 now opened my collection to tops car, tops hockey cards outside of the Joe Sackick. And I, like Charles mentioned, the 8081. You know, unfortunately, there's no Mark Messier rookie in tops that year. He only has an Opeachy. But Ray Bork has the tops card, and that's a card that um, I'd love to add. There's a PSA 10 on eBay right now, and it's going to go for big money. Going to go for big money. Thanks for that question, Mark. That was fun. Paul says, Germany has 14 skaters due to COVID. Some should be coming back. That's good to hear. Alex Bailey. Okay, so sure, there's the rookie cards of players that always get the most value, but with those becoming more expensive by the day in each sport, I think the play will become just the best art. That's an interesting comment. I mean, I, there's really something to be said for the eye appeal of a card. You know, I don't want to have any card that I don't want to look at in my collection, but some players, their rookie cards 
are ugly, you know, in in anybody's, you know, in, in your opinion, you're going to find that. And I find that too. But the player is important enough, enough to be in your collection, you know. So, but interesting, interesting take, Alex. I'd, like, I'd actually like to, you go on to say your thoughts. I, I'd like to hear more of your thoughts on it, actually. Some specific examples even of where you see that. Here we go. A hockey guy, McDavid or McKinnon? And I don't know if that's just a general question or if that's specific to something, but um, but I'm going to say I think I think McDavid's the best player in the league, and I think McKinnon's the best player in the league. So that doesn't make sense, but I think that they're both uh, they're both extremely good. And I think if if McDavid's the best, McKinnon's just an, a a very small notch below him. You know, they're different players. McKinnon's a beast, right? Like he's he can just control a game, whereas McDavid can like steal a game. And I think there's a bit of a difference there. Uh, Mark confirms that was Alex Faulkner. Uh, Chris says Bondra had 500 goals. Yeah, Peter Bondra, a player that a lot of people just, you know, especially if you don't collect hockey, you haven't heard of Peter Bondra unless you're a fan of the Washington Capitals before Alex Ovechkin came around. And uh, the guy was a, he was a goal scorer. He was a goal, he was a pure goal scorer and a great player. And he had Michael Pavanka on his wing, who, or maybe he was a center, I'm not even sure, who set up a lot of those goals. Those guys were a dynamic duo, a very underappreciated dynamic duo from uh, from the 90s, for sure. Lee Haskins says, I want more modern hockey, sorry, more hockey modern greats. What would be the best rookie card? Lemieux, Crosby, Ovechkin, long-term collector hold. Lee, honestly, it's all three. You, If you yeah. want to get into hockey, I mean, I there's, there's some cards that I think I would advise anybody coming into hockey there's a few cards you need to own. A Wayne Gretzky rookie, a Mario Lemieux rookie. I'd even say a Patrick Waugh rookie if you want to get the, like the best goalie pre-1990s. And then modern day, you need Sidney Crosby, Alexander Ovechkin, and Connor McDavid. So <clears throat> like it's it's like sort of like an all of the above. And and if you want to narrow down, just go with your go with your own opinion. Watch some watch some tape on YouTube. Um Look at the pictures, whatever it takes. Find the, buy the card you like the best. But those are the big names uh, that I would be focusing on if I was new to the hobby and that I would advise people. Charles, anyone you would add to that list? Uh, I think there's an argument from Matthews. Uh, I certainly think there's there's an argument. Well, a Vezina rookie's like incredibly hard to come by, but if you can get one, because it's basically the Honus Wagner of hockey cards, so I'd advise Vezina. But besides that, I mean, I think that you really nailed all the points there. Yeah, and when just for you know for uh, people who aren't familiar with hockey, when Charles references Vezina, Ve the Vezina Trophy is the is the trophy given to the best goaltender every year. Charles is referencing Vezina, the player. His name was George Vezina, and he has his rookie card in 1911. It's from the C55 set. It's a and it's a tobacco card, and it looks just like the Honus Wagner. Well, it doesn't look just like it, but it's that same technology, same printing, distributed in cigarette packs, all that sort of thing. So. Uh, and that is has been known sort of as the kind of the holy grail of hockey cards. Now there is another card out there that people will argue is more of a holy grail, but the guy's a pretty much a no-name defenseman, I believe, named Bert Corbo, that very few people care about. But uh, that might be the rarest hockey card. But again, he he's not nearly as important as George Vezina, and I would take a Vezina over that card any, any day of the week myself. But you know, a lot of old-time collectors want that Bert Corbo to complete their 1923 Patterson set, but. Uh, not me. Okay. <clears throat> hockey, hockey. Patrick Kane, three-time Stanley Cup winner and perennial elite score. Yeah. You know, I often forget about Patrick Kane when talking about elite players. And he plays in Chicago, the home of the, of the national every second year. And a very, uh, I think, hobby underrated player. Same with Jonathan Taves, his teammate and another great player. So 
Yeah, uh, thank you for that mention, Hockey Hockey. I, I do agree with you there. Ryan O'Hara is going to list off a whole bunch of other rookies in 1990-91. hockey is probably the best set in terms of the most Hall of Fame rookies. Because look at this list here. Felix Potvan, not a Hall of Famer. Mark Recchi, Hall of Famer. Matt Sundin, Hall of Famer. Niedermeyer, Hall of Famer. Jeremy Roenick, Hall of Famer in my mind. <laughs> Mike Richter, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. He might be, but he's a Stanley Cup winning goaltender with the New York Rangers. And on and on. Yeah. Too bad that rookie class was so heavily printed, right? Put that, make that two years ago, like 1988 or earlier, and that would be just unbelievable. Legion, good evening again to you. Colin Murray says that's top 30% of PWCC Mario sold. Not all Mario sold. No, that's exactly true. It's the Marios that they have seen and brokered themselves. And I got to think they've seen more than anybody, well, more than most people have. I mean, I've been watching their Mario PSA 9s for five, six years now, if not longer, and they've always got them going on. So <laughs> I don't know how many we've seen twice, but I bought about four of them from them myself over the years. And uh, but you know what? It, it, it's still a legitimate sample, in my opinion. So uh, Dave Kaplan says, check out the PSA 10 Ray Bork rookie card currently on auction. 45th, 4,050. That's the one I was just talking about. Yeah, I'm watching that card. I want to buy it, but <clears throat> I don't think I will. Uh, Dave says, I don't believe you didn't want the tops Gretzky sweater card. Ah, that's a good point, Kaplan. I forgot about that. So there's another key difference. It's, this is the only card I think that's different in the two sets over the years. Well, maybe not all. But the most famous one is the 1988 Wayne Gretzky card. I think it's card number 120. And it actually shows, the Opeachy shows him, um, the Opeachy has him holding the jersey up at the press conference after the trade, right? Where the Tops card, or is it the other way around? No, the Tops has him holding the jersey and the Opeachy has him on the ice wearing a jersey in a photo shoot situation. Very similar to the, Alexis Lef the Alexi Lafreniere rookie card which a lot of people complain about. But that Gretzky card is the same thing. He's, he's posing for that card. So, But yeah, you're right, Dave. I did want that Topps card. You're right. I certainly did. I, and I have one. I have it in a PSA 9 in my collection. Hockey Guy says 91-92 has a great rookie crop as well. It certainly does. I mean, Timu Solani, Peter Forsberg, Nicholas Lidstrom, Dominic Kasich, and more. Zygmunt Palfi. I can't forget Zygmunt Palfi. Seb says, Opeachy, tops, tops, Opeachy. I want both of each. Yeah, <laughs> good point, <Yeah>. Seb. <laughs> Mike Truman, as an American, I'm used to tops and always preferred it. Thicker stock, better centering, better edges, but Opeachy has vastly better player selection. Yes, the Opeachy set is bigger, but the tops is a better quality production. Definitely agree with that. Charles, you on side with that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Hockey guy says, 91-92, as European legendary goal scorer, Ziggy, Ziggy Palfi. He, they sure do. Brett Hall, a really ugly rookie card. Yeah, the, the, the picture isn't awesome, but I love the design. I love the thumbtack uh, design that year. So I, I don't think it's really ugly, but it's certainly not one of the most pleasant uh, rookie cards on the eyes. Mark Lee says, ultimate question, old cardboard versus cards of today. Can you really compare? No, you, you can't. Mark, it's similar to comparing players across eras. You can't compare. We're using different technology, different card stock i mean as soon as upper deck came out in 1990 91 with hockey 89 with baseball they changed they it changed everything um i love both that's the thing you don't have to pick one you don't have to no one's forcing you we can like both i love cards from 1888 right through to 2020 that's just me hey john sports cards says hey guys why do the grading companies knock down the grades on older Opeachy cards that have the rough cuts? It's known that the cutting process was bad and they all have rough cuts. 
Yeah, you'd have to check the uh, the FAQs on their website, John, and see. I mean, my understanding is that PSA will not penalize for a a, a natural rough Opeachy cut. Um, so I'm not. Uh, you're saying why do they knock down the grades? I, I didn't really know that they did, but um, but that's something. That there's probably some literature out there on that. So I kind of I, I kind of steer you that way. But um, again, my understanding is that. Uh, you don't really get penalized for a natural rough cut. And by natural, I mean, you know, out of the, out of the manufacturing facility back in the day. Yeah. Is it even fair to compare? I don't think I agree. I agree, Mark. It's not really fair to compare. Seb says Bondra was never in the insert sets. That's why nobody remembers him. Yeah. Could be, could be for sure. Lots of comments guys. Thanks a lot. Mike says, are there any hockey rookie cards with two or more players? Maybe their first solo cards could be increasing in value like Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Nothing comes to mind for me. Uh, 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 nothing comes to mind at all. I mean, we don't have like a Nolan Ryan, Johnny Bench. You know, you had it all throughout baseball. Like Pete Rose, it was all throughout baseball. So, but I don't think we saw that in hockey. Uh, nothing, nothing pops up. How about you, Charles? Anything come to mind for you? If I'm correct, um, there's a card with Gretzky, Brent Gretzky, and Keith Gretzky, and that's the only card that featured Keith Gretzky on it, and that was before the Brent Gretzky rookie card. So, I mean, I guess you could count that. Yeah, you can maybe count that, but but it's not. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's not going to be important enough where it's going to go up in value because no one cares about the, any Gretzky except for Wayne and, and Walter, for that matter. Yeah. <clears throat> Alex Bailey says, well, okay, so Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, for instance, take the 0809 Tops Chrome Kobe, where LeBron is guarding him. That's a card going for thousands. The Jordan PMG in red that sold. Jordan PMG in red that sold. So I, I don't know. Sorry, uh, Alex, I'm not sure what you're saying about the Jordan PMG, but the but the 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 LeBron Kobe card that that is the um that that's the that's the LeBron card, right? Or is that the Kobe card? I forget whose card it is. Oh, it's the Kobe. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, that that's a cameo card where LeBron makes a cameo. And, I mean, not only is it cool to have them both there, but they're both prominently displayed. It's a gorgeous card, in my opinion. I'd love to own one. Um, and that's a special case. That's just a special case. There was a time when the 19, there's an 83-84 uh, special card with Wayne Gretzky and Marc Messier that used to get a ton of love in the 90s. It, it got a ton of love. Now you don't even hear about it. So, all right, let's keep going. Hockey guy, can't think of many dual rookie cards. Absolute authentic. Yeah, no. Excuse me, neither can we. Bobby Burrell says, right on, Charles. The 881 Tops got a big bump in my pricing for my new online vintage hockey price guide. Check that out, guys. Vintagehockeycollector.com. Right, right, Bobby? Hockey guy says, Canadian players get the most love from collectors. Kane is severely undervalued. Yeah, uh, American players, there are some that's like, you know, Mike Medano, Jeremy Roenick, Jack Eichel uh, for a more a more current guy, right? I mean, these guys should get more. Austin Matthews is American, plays in Toronto, so he's kind of got he kind of has the best of both worlds, right? He'll get the Toronto hobby love and maybe some from the U.S. But I would also like to see American-born players get more hobby love for sure. Alex Bailey says the '86 Fleer Jordan is going for 200k and a 10, but the consensus is it's one of the ugliest sets. Iconic, yeah. That's I, I mean consensus. I think it's a beautiful card. I absolutely love it. It reminds it, it it's Fleer. It, it it communicates the Fleer brand, which is so important in the hobby. The image is wonderful. The image of Jordan flying through the air, tongue wagging, about to go in for a dunk from the from the free throw line. I mean, consensus is wrong. 
I'm going to just go out on a limb and say consensus is wrong. It's not one of the ugliest cars I or sets. I think it's an amazing, I, I think it's very cool. David G, have you guys ever seen a Maple Crispet Sprague Cleghorn? I've seen, I've never seen one and can't find a picture. I haven't, I don't know, have you? But no. I bet, I bet uh, Colin has or Bobby has for sure. One of these guys have, maybe Mark Lee has as well. He's He knows his vintage. Since I started in 1976 in the business, it seems like the checklist cards are up in value, but I think undervalued. Charles, your thoughts? Okay, so I do agree with him, but only for specific checklists. Like checklists with iconic rookie cards on them that like aren't marked, for sure. I, th I think that they're incredibly rare to find unmarked in the, in the first place, and then to find it with, you know, like the key rookie card with that set on it, then for sure, undervalued. Okay, very cool. Dave Kaplan, how or Hull also belong on the grail list pre-1979. Yeah, yeah, agree. I, you know, Gordy Howe, Bobby Orr, Bobby Hull. I agree. All cards that the or the how and the or for sure, I think, are, are there. The Hull would kind of, I mean, it, it it books for the same amount as those other two, I believe, or it did one time, and it, it gets a bit of extra you know, hobby cachet because it was the last card in the set. So that those can, those you know, elastic band condition issues, but the how and the or to me are for sure up there with the, with the Wayne Gretzky, the Mario Lemieux. Uh, definitely. Definitely. Thank you, Dave. Alex, any argument for Artemi Panarin being undervalued? <clears throat> I mean, he's a great player. He, he's a true, he's a superstar. There's no doubt about it. And he's got a lot of great support coming up, uh, you know, between Capo Kako and uh, Mika Zabinajad and, uh, and now Alexis Lefre Alexi Lafreniere. I got to remember how to say it. It's Alexi Lafreniere. Um, yeah. Uh, arguing for him being undervalued. I mean, maybe I, I, I think, I think there could be, I think there could be. Uh, could I just speak on that for one sec? Please. Personally, I don't think he's undervalued because of a couple of factors. First of all, it's 1516. It's one of the most produced sets like in like the modern era. Second of all, he was he was I think 24 or 25 when he was like a rookie. So in my opinion, it's hard to call him a rookie when he's 25. Like so I don't know if it's undervalued or overvalued, but in my opinion, I think like maybe it has some room of growth, but for those two factors of uh yeah, I think overproduction. Yeah, a, a big production year and him being older as a rookie. Yeah, I mean, if he was 24, 25, then that means he's 30 years old now. I don't know that if some someone could fact check that for us. I'm curious to know how old he is. If that's the fact, then yeah, you're going to lose a few years of production, which yeah. could be a few years of, of hobby potential. So that may be against may, may work against him being undervalued. But let's see if someone can tell us uh, how old he is. Let's keep going. Um, Alex Orchowski says he's a Russian, so he will get significantly less hobby love. Only super valuable Russian player is Ovechkin, which is true, but maybe, you know, there's room for others now, hopefully. Let's be hopeful. I mean, I'm hopeful, but I may be just dreaming there. Here we go. Edition Breaks. Welcome. Says when you buy a McDavid card, you're buying a piece of the best player to ever play the game, technical skill-wise. I mean, you're going to get a lot of people you know, that will dispute you on the best player to ever play the game technical skill wise, but I'm not going to argue with you. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe hockey, hockey, Charles and Jeremy, which set from 1991 is your favorite aesthetically you mm. go first. <clears throat> if I had to choose one and this is a really um, unpopular opinion just from aesthetics pro set platinum. 
just because the picture takes up full card and some of the in the photography in that set, I think, for some of the cards, just awesome. Back in the day, I would have said Opichi Premier because it was like a premium set, even though it really wasn't. Um, you know, but looking back, I just love the looks of the up the base upper deck, upper deck, uh, the, the basic upper deck. I mean, that Sergey Fedorov young guns, the Pavel Bure young guns, the Eddie Belfour rookie, which doesn't even picture Eddie Belfour. There and the photography, you also have amazing photography. And you have a different photograph on the back of the card. So the backs are kind of just as awesome as the fronts. So I would go with that. I would go with that hockey hockey for my, uh, sorry, that was this one here. Yes. No, that was this one here. Okay. Anyway, we're done. 90-91 tops is my favorite set aesthetically, but it doesn't have much value. Yeah, that was a nice set too. I did like that as well. John says maybe it was just Beckett. I'm not sure what that's in reference to, John Sports Cards. I'm sorry I because I am, uh, we are about 10 minutes behind in comments. So if you, uh, anyway, let's keep going. But if you want to let me know what that was about, Lee Hassens, I just bought a Dryden rookie card and got in the mail today. Love the white back, the circle around the plate. Yeah, that oval, that oval shape, the different colors, the backgrounds. The Ken Dryden's just a superb looking card. Congratulations on that, Lee. It's a wonderful card. Alex's makes sense. Yeah, Lindros, Canada's captains. Yeah, so I mean, he had the future superstar rookie in 1991 score, which was a great card at the at the time, and still a good card, still an important card in the hobby. It really did represent an era. Baz Basilica says, "Don't forget Paul Coffey, a top five defenseman of all time." In my opinion, so if you're talking about in terms of like all like players you have to have, I don't know the Paul, Paul Coffey. I've I've kind of I've, I've 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 teetered on that one. Like, is he a must have in in every collection or not? Kind of, I think that's going to come down to your personal preference. What do you think, Charles? How important is he? Well, I think that what we need to look at is like the Oilers through the 80s in general. So with guys like Paul Coffey, I mean, I'm not doubting he was a great defenseman, but the team around him was just crazy. So I don't know if he's a must-have in a collection. If you're like an Oilers fan, 100%. If you're a defenseman guy, 100%. But me personally, I don't think he's one of those like you know, top tier guys that you need much in your collection. Yeah, I love Colin's comment coming up. He he found the one he found the multi-player uh, rookie card. But first, hockey guy is just making a point here uh, to Alex Orchowski that you know Sergei Fedorov was a great player, key player for the Red Wings. Like mo he was the most popular player in the league in those early '90s. Like his card, his 90-91 young gun was you know it's an iconic card in my opinion it's not worth anything you can get it cheap psa 10s don't even cost you 100 bucks but it's a gorgeous card and he was one of the best players in the nhl so and yeah right now you can get a stuff cheap out of sight out of mind uh it just happens you know out of sight out of the mind being uh, for the player but also you know early 90s so and here it is here it is uh what is that charles you kind of kind of like, oh yes of course the mark how rookie right rookie yeah of course of course thanks colin good call buddy good call colin i love it kobe's card values have gone up has his card values gone up since he passed yes exponentially they've gone up like crazy they went up right away and then they they settled down a bit but then they've spiked with everything else so i don't know if it's got to do with his death i think it does a little bit but it's also just got to do with the general hobby right now alex bailey there are so many instances of players where it isn't their rookie card but it looks so good yeah i agree alex like there's so many and that's why we Collect what you like. You know, there's some cards that aren't rookie cards, but they're beautiful, worthy of ownership. You know, 
you can there's several several in the 53 Parker the 53 Parkers Gordy Howe and Maurice Richard are two of my favorite cards as well. You know they're just they're just beautiful. But and, and there's even more recent stuff like that. And those are cards you should own. You like them? They're nice. Own them. No reason not to. And they're not going to be bad investments. You know if you're thinking that way too. My computer's about to die. Can I just plug it in real quick? Yeah, please go ahead. No problem. No problem. Eric Perry, interesting fact about George Vezina. He was a carpenter in Shakutami. Yeah, they called him the Shakutami, the Shakutami Cucumber. Their local team played an exhibition game against Montreal one day. Vezina impressed Montreal so much they quickly signed him. Awesome. Bobby Burrell, you know I have. Yes. Baz Basilica, Martin Brodeur is undervalued. I agree. I agree. Alex Orchowski met Sergei Fedorov once back in the day. Love that pick. Yeah, no, I love I loved Fedorov back in the day too. The logo cards seem to get undervalued from the 7980 set. Yeah, I mean they're cool cards. The, the Winnipeg Jets, the Oilers card are, are very cool cards. And then the top side, you've got all four on one, all four expansion teams with the Hartford Whalers and the Quebec Nordiques also on that card. That to me is a cool tops card that you don't yeah. have in Opeachy. Yes, the 52 Maurice Richard, another beautiful card. And the Sawchuck, I love the Sawchuck. Is there a WHA Gretzky card? I believe there's an Indian. It was, oh, that's not WHA though. I don't think there is, but someone smarter than me in this chat can tell us. What do you know, Charles? Okay, so the Indianapolis Racers were WHA. And I actually found out um, those cards were not made during that era. They were made in 1991. No one knows by who, <laughs> but. They were, you know, probably in someone's basement. And so, yeah, that's what I know about that. But no, there's no WHA Gretzky cards. Unless you count that giant um, card from like Sweden, the uh, Sportscaster. Yeah. That's a WHA card. But. I don't have a, a, a high opinion on that card. So we'll just leave it at that <laughs> myself. <laughs> but hey, collect what you like. And I, I certainly do that. Uh, Alex Bailey, you did not offend me, my friend. You did not offend me at all with the Jordan comment. Uh, but you go on to say it, it's just if you take the Nike promo card with him also flying through the air, that's a more iconic image overall, considering it basically kicked Nike off. So, yeah, I mean, from your from your pers and I don't mean this at all negatively, um, Alex, but from your perspective, sure. From mine, I'm not really familiar with that image kicking off Nike. Um, I'm not, I'm not disputing that it did, but I'm not familiar with that image doing, having, serving that purpose or having that function. I don't like that card. I, it's too dark. It's like, there's clouds in the background. I just, it's oversized. It's not even a card to me, similar to the sports caster we were just talking about. To me, they're not cards. They're, they're postcards or they're, they're something different. They don't even count in my, for me as a collector. I'm not speaking for the hobby, speaking for myself. I collect what I like. I don't like that card. Um, I just don't like the looks of it, but I love the flair and I'm sure other people feel the exact opposite and that's fine. And, and I don't judge it. We're all collect what you like. Like I'll, I'll, I'll die. I'll die with, uh, I'll die saying that. And, um, and I, so no offense at all, Alex, like farthest thing from it, my man, farthest thing from it. I respect everybody who collects what they like and we're all entitled to our own opinions on all of these things. Daniel says Maurice Richard PSA eight, 23 K American sitting on eBay for months. That's a surprise. Yeah, that's that's cheap. I, that that sounds cheap to me for a PSA eight uh, Maurice Richard. I could see that being worth more, for sure. Thanks for pointing that out, Daniel. If it's not bought by the end of the show, I might take a stab at it, but I probably won't because it's twenty three k US, which is like thirty grand of my money. So, uh, Alex Bailey, love your content so much, though. Thank you, hey man. Thank you. You are welcome, my man. You are welcome. Sorry about the typo. Is there a W? Oh, we got that. Thank you. Thank you. 
Hey, uh, okay, some stuff I'm not sure you guys are talking about. Just a few small comments there. Mike Truman, 9091 Upper Deck is one of the best aesthetically looking set, period. Period. Brilliant looking. So much fun to explore. Yeah, great set. Great set. Ziggy says, are the Upper Deck tins the best retail product from Upper Deck? Is last year's tin any good? Someone else has to answer that. Again, Ziggy, as you've probably heard me say, I do not buy uh, retail. I just don't. I buy hobby. If I buy, I buy hobby, and I rarely buy wax anyway. So I cannot speak to, to that question. Charles, do you have anything to say to that? Are you familiar? Um, as far as I can tell, like value-wise, I think that the tins are the best. But again, I don't open much new stuff, so I can't really speak on that. Yeah, sorry, Ziggy. Uh, Barry from ComC. Welcome, Barry, as always. There are cool cards at Topps release where Opeachy didn't in the early and late 80s, such as the 7980 stickers, 8081 team pinups, and the 33 card sticker sets. Yeah, in... Yeah, those are definitely different. And when I made my comment earlier about them being like, there only being a couple cards that were different throughout, I meant like the base cards, you know, and, and of course, Opeachy had larger sets than Topps, so you just get more cards there overall. Uh, Mark Lee says, rather just get the whole 81-82 set. I'm not sure what, you're, what that's in reference to, but um, but I uh, that that set is is not condition sensitive. I've, I've opened several packs of that in recent years, and uh, it's uh, those cards come out very centering. Of course, an issue, but the edges and corners are like sharp as can be. Terry Fortune said, coffee skated better than most Fords. He's a, he is a must-have. Now, so if Terry says he's a must-have, I'm going to give that some, some credence because I know Terry and I know, um, I, I just, knowing Terry, I, I would, that, would, that would influence me a little bit. Um, maybe not enough to have to put the card in my must-have pile, Terry, but I, I, yeah, it does influence me. And yes, coffee was known as one of the best skaters uh, of all time and he's number 13 and all all time in points says peeps so that's a big that's a big number 13 for all time dave kaplan says has there been an advertising premium card worth anything in the last 20 to 30 years gotta leave that to somebody else uh charles says no yeah i don't know i don't know either peep says coffee is a must have but you know the best person to answer that dave is going to be bobby burrell because that's kind of right in his wheelhouse Mike Truman, I'm with Terry. Coffee was something to behold. His offensive numbers are tough to match. And 81-82 is a sharp look. Yeah, I love the card too, Mike. And uh, what do you think about the coffee rookie, Charles? Might be the second time I've asked you this, but I'll let you go again. I think that, um, you know, like the picture on it, it's it, it's similar to the um, the Gretzky rookie. He's looking away, you know, like it's not in picture. But for like that era's like camera quality, it's a nice up-close shot of the player in action. I love it. Awesome. Mark Lee reminds us of the Sergei Fedorov French rookie card. Yes, that card was like three, four hundred dollars back in 1991 when it came out. Uh, and then it quickly tanked for various reasons. Well, there's a book about that <laughs> called uh, Card Sharks, I believe. Peeps agree. So, OK, so, hey, we're getting some consensus in the room here that Paul Coffey is a must have. I might have to uh, adjust things in my collection. I do have the card. I just. Not sure if it's in my inventory or my personal collection right now, but I might have to go shopping for myself later on, which I'm willing to do. Very, my, my PC is fluid, guys. I'm willing to move cards in and out when I decide. Collect what you like, when you like. Coffee also had 48 goals on the year. Can dismiss some of his stats about playing on the Oilers. Yeah, fair enough. But if that was the case, Kevin Lowe would have been considered a better scorer. Fair. <laughs> Colin Murray says, Coffee's got yeah, 48 goals. Played with Gretzky, Lemieux, and Iserman. Second to Orr who won lots of cups. I guess more, more argument that Paul Coffey is deserving. Fedorov and Forsberg, two of the most dominant players in the 90s. Yeah, Forsberg, just a bit of a shortened career, underloved, but has a lot of players. He's got a lot of players that do collect. Uh, a lot of people do collect 
Peter Forsberg, and deservedly so. He was one of the most fun guys to watch back in when he was around. Hockey, hockey. Which rookie card would you rather have, Lawton or Dague? I would just take neither. I don't have an. <laughs> that's a funny question. I do I, have a Dague rookie. That I I love it. Yeah. Well, he was the first overall pick, right? Lawton was too, though. Lawton was picked like just before Steve Eisenman or something like that, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Tough question, hockey, hockey. For me, it's just neither. Not interested. <laughs> Fedorov only has one super great year. Okay. National Sports made the Gretzky Racer card. There you go. Somebody does know. Take note of that, Charles. National Sports. Okay. I would take Forsberg time and time again over Fedorov. Fair enough. Lee Haskins. I have a few of each Esposito Brothers 70s cards. Has everyone, I never hear anyone talk about them. I mean, these guys are out there signing autographs. You know, Phil was running the Tampa Bay Lightning for a long time. But you're right. They're, you know, Phil Esposito's rookie card from 1965 what was at one point a very important card and it seemed to have lost a bit of its luster in the hobby you know the vintage guys will tell you it hasn't or you know they won't notice that maybe as much but um but yeah i agree lee i agree you don't hear people talking about them although they're they're such well they're so well known you know and phyllis Bizzito put out a book a few years ago that was a great read so maybe they'll get more love in time with the with a lot of other hockey vintage Yes, collect what you like. You're absolutely correct. Do you like the card? That should be all that matters. Collect what you like and like what you collect. Well said. Preach, preach it, preach it, Eric Perry. Good night, Ziggy. Happy New Year. Hockey, hockey. Is this the Mark Lee that works for Hockey Night in Canada? What do you think of Alexi Lafreniere? The next face of the NHL picked up his retail boxes. Hello, Dawa Dean. Next, uh, he will the next face. I mean, maybe when Connor McDavid retires, uh, he might be, but by that time, there's another player coming up the ranks, uh, whose name is this, uh, right, something right, Shane Wright. Shane Wright, I believe, is kind of poised to maybe be the next face after Connor McDavid. I don't know that Alexi uh, Lafreniere will be the next face of the NHL. Tough, tough to put that on, but it's possible. Amish Dave says Brodeur is not overpriced. He should be avoided completely. <laughs> Very selfish <laughs> comment, Amish Dave Archer. He's only trying to keep them all for himself at an affordable price. Baz Basilica. Thanks, lads, for the coffee support. If Bork's rookie is currently at auction for 4K, coffee is worth the same. It hurt him a little for us collectors that he played mainly in Edmonton versus in Boston. Sure. The other thing is that I think the coffee card you know, versus the Bork might just be an easier card to get in good condition or in better condition. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think the Borg is just a tougher card condition-wise. Just myself. Do you guys buy cards printed in French? I prefer not to. I don't I don't really speak or read French, so I'm not interested in French on my cards. I have it by default on several, but what about you, Charles? Yeah, I know that in my dad's binder, there's a bunch of French upper decks. So, I mean, I like them. They're cool, but I don't like go over yeah, and there were so many of them. Uh, back in the day, Upper Deck French was a, was a big deal, but then it overprinted and it kind of lost its luster. I think it's, you know, if you speak French, buy them. If you don't, buy them if you want them as a novelty. If you're not, you know, but for me, no, I do not. Daniel A says, Messi rookie's a beauty. Look-wise, on another note, I love my coffee rookie card. <laughs> as you should, as you should. Yeah, I love the Marc Messier rookie card too. What do you, do you like it, Charles? For sure, again, uh He's uh every Oilers rookie card from like that era always looks good besides the Kevin Lowe rookie. But 
like you know like he's at he's at the face-off circle i love the picture i think it's a great card yeah i, I as do i i think it's a great card too uh, peep said how do you feel about the uh the 05 ultra ovechkin rookie I mean, I don't love the looks of it, but I think it's probably like your one of your cheapest uh, Ovechkin rookies that you can find. There's plenty of them graded. I've seen tons of them. Um, you know, PSA 10s or not don't seem to be tough uh, for that card. I, I would look at something different, but it all depends on what you can afford, you know, what, where, where you are budget-wise. And if that's within your budget, then I'd say grab it because it's still an Ovechkin rookie and it's probably rarer than his young guns card overall, which goes for like over two grand now. So, you know, in PSA 10, I'm not sure what it is raw, but John sports cards. I use baseball card exchange here in the U S to purchase sealed and certified wax boxes. Is there a website in Canada that does this? I'm looking for older certified. I don't think there is. I think, I think, uh, I think that uh, BBCE is the, you know, the, Go to for that uh, for for sealed uh, certified wax box. I bought it. I bought a bunch of unopened packs off of him as well. Steve Hart is his name. Um, yeah, nothing really up here in Canada that I'm aware of. Baz Basilica talking to Amish Dave Dig before Lawton, but Faloon before Dig. Yeah, Pat Faloon. Yeah, Pat Faloon. <laughs> Lawton first overall over Lafontaine and Iserman went number four. Like just crazy how the that was a Minnesota North Stars pick at the time. Boy, what how how the times would be different if they you know if 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 they had Iserman instead, they may never have uh, sold half their team or moved half their team down to Dallas. You never know. Bork all time defenseman scoring leader says Daniel A. Yeah, and worthy worthy of collecting. Am why are Gretzky rookie reprints going for ten to thirty dollars sometimes more? I don't know. I don't know why, but I'll tell you one thing. I have I own four Gretzky rookie reprints, and um, and I'm looking for more. Here, here's my four Gretzky reprints. They're all different, and I want more. If anybody has one, and me, uh, the reason why I show them because I would pay ten bucks to thirty bucks for one that I didn't have just to have it, and I have sp specific reasons why I have these. It's really for education and uh, and and verification purposes. So. But I, because people can't afford thousands for the rookie and they want something that looks like it, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a fan of it, but it's happening. Dawa Dean, Crosby, PSA 10 Young Guns is about 2 to 3K. Do you think these are undervalued if you compare LeBron or Kobe's? It's a huge, huge difference. Yeah, the market size is a huge, huge difference too. And that's why you see those differences. Um, <clears throat> do I think they're undervalued? I did. Now, I think they're more fairly valued. Do I think they have room to go up? Yes, I would say I do. Um, how much? I don't know. Charles, what do you what do you think? I think that uh, earlier young guns um, are undervalued. Um, Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin, though, I'm not sure because I'm not super in tune with the modern market. But if it is two to three k, I think that where where it is now is fair, and it you know always has room to grow. So yeah. Okay, hockey, hockey. I, I do not collect AHL cards from 80s, 90s. I don't know that Charles does. Do you? Oh, there's one card in Pro Cards, and it was the LA Kings farm, farm team at uh, the time. And it's just it, like the guy's like going wild. But besides that, no, I don't. Okay. Oh, 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 hockey guy is. Oh, so you're saying the Chrome Refractor versions are going for good money now? I think you're talking about the blast from the past. Well, yeah, the if that's what uh, if that's what. Uh, AM was talking about the reprints. If he was talking about the blast from the past, I mean, the blast from, uh, I just saw a blast from the past 
refractor sell for like four thousand dollars like it was in the heritage auction or the mile high auction like a couple weeks ago sold for like four or five grand usd um <clears throat> and i don't even think you can find that card for 10 to 30 bucks on com c the the basic the non-refractor card so i don't know if that's what he's talking about but anyway could be com c barry 88 89 opg boss from the past refractor gretzky yes great card Colin Murray, Jason Martin has tons of wax in Guelph, Ontario, all wrapped by Steve Hart, biggest wax dealer in Canada. So there you go. But it's all wrapped by Steve Hart. So, but yeah, Jason Martin is a, a set up at the expo every year with uh, with a whole row basically of, uh, of amazing cards. A lot of them are graded by, uh, he's got a ton of KSA graded cards. KSA is a, a Canadian grading company that is basically a, no, a non-factor in the United States. Um, I recently picked up a couple cards graded by KSA. I wanted the, I bought the card, not the holder, obviously, but um, <clears throat> I would have bought, I would have paid the same if they were raw. Uh, but in any event, um, Jason also has a ton of uh, Becca graded and PSA graded cards and a lot of a lot of uh, wax for sure. Jeremy, there are three versions: base, chrome, and chrome refractor. So it could be the base then, could easily be the base, and the base are ten to thirty bucks. So there you go, not a reprint, a reproduction, which is different because it's licensed. Nope, common Gretzky reprints on eBay all the time. So he's talking about just regular reprints. Yeah, I guess people just want them because they're cheap. Okay. All right, that's the end of the comments for the first time. Thank you, everybody. That was awesome. Charles, let's let's have a look at some of your data. I think that's what some people are probably waiting for. So yep. here, I'm going to put Charles's guys. If you're on Instagram, give Charles a follow. Charles underscore cards is his name on Instagram. Um, I follow him. Give him a follow. Let's give the guy some love on, on, the, uh, on the social media side of things. He's gonna share his uh, he's gonna share his screen with us right now. So we're gonna bring on his screen and uh, yeah, peeps, you're welcome. We're gonna start looking at some before and after data that Charles brought. I'm gonna bring this on the screen, Charles. Why don't you uh, sort of take us through? And before you do, before I bring this on, explain your methodology uh, to everybody of where how you gathered this data and what your approach was. Okay, so how I got this data basically was so we all know about the big Gretzky sale, right? So and that was on December 13th. So I was looking at uh, cards sold before December 13 and then after. And I have it in both Canadian and uh, U.S. prices for the American viewers watching. And you got this off of uh, eBay sold listings? eBay sold comps. eBay sold listing for, for his comps. Okay, so let's bring it up. And you guys will notice there's a bunch of cards on here. Not all grades, so you might not see the grade you want, but that's okay. You know, we, we he, he, he gathered the data he was able to, and we're going to take a look at it. So... We're going to start with uh, Mario Lemieux, rookie PSA 3 Peachy. Charles, take us through it. So, and I actually have a personal story about this, but so before the big rescue sell, it was 170 Canadian. After, jumped up to 650, which was crazy. And and, and that's averaged out. One sold for uh, 675 and one sold for 600. Okay. So big. So we're looking at three, three, four, four times almost. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Gain and and that's for a PSA three, which you know that's that's a lot of money for a three. Threes are not that nice usually. You can find nice threes, but in general, threes aren't that nice. What did the one and a, what did the one point five Mario rookie do? Okay, so this is this is crazy to me. So before the only comp on it was ninety dollars Canadian or seventy dollars US. After sold for six fifty, which I don't know how that happened. <laughs> that to me. Yeah. Is and to be clear, when Charles says before the only comp I could find, he only went back as far as eBay goes back. So you'll find other comps if you look at PSAs completed, you know, auction prices, or you have a subscription service or something like that. But 
we're only going we're trying to get as close to that december 13th 2020 as we can so yeah that's a that's a big jump that must have been a very nice 1.5 that sold for 650 canadian or 504 usd psa8 next charles so psa8 before was sitting around that uh, 1100 mark after is that 2400 so that doubled in value and we've seen them even we've seen some even go higher than that now i think some are still like live and unfinished that are going to be higher than 1865 usd oh so, yeah that's crazy okay steve eiserman in a psa 10 so it looks like this one we're seeing very modest gains uh from a before and after perspective charles uh yeah it didn't go up as much just because the well i don't really know why but i guess you know definitely mario's where all the attention is right now but still went up um yeah it's still a pretty good gain at 500 dollars. and i'll mention though that that eiserman card did it basically tripled in value before that comp of 3300 like earlier this year you could buy a psa 10 eiserman for under a thousand dollars us now you know now 2500 to three grand so you know i i think there's there's a few other comps there that happened but um but between these two a, a nice little tidy little gain even after the gretzky sale which is subsequent to a huge gain earlier. So, okay, Patrick Watt, PSA 8. Yeah, so the Patrick Watt PSA 8 before was $445 Canadian, absolute steal, by the way, or a $345, a $346 American averaged out. And after, it's sitting at 1000 which yeah, I'm not surprised, honestly. You know, man, I have I have bought and sold so many PSA eight Patrick Wall rookies. I used to buy them for one fifty and sell them for two hundred all day long. I probably went through I don't know a dozen to fifteen of them over the years, and uh, crazy now. Well, you know, of course you can think I wish I had them all, but you know, you got to think what did you, you put that money into other cards that did well too? So, uh, but wow, wow. Okay, yeah. and then PSA ten. Look at what happened to the PSA ten. Yeah, this this one. When I saw this, my jaw just dropped. So before it was 3,900 or 3,000 US. After it sold for 7,063 Canadian or 5,500 US, which I mean, that's incredible. Like, yeah, it's a tidy jump, and and that gain that that uh, that 3,915 is even a bit of a jump from you know early, again. All these have jumped uh, from earlier in the year. Let's move on to the the Yaramir Yager uh, Opichi Premier PSA 10. So this one is a discussion that I've been going on in a lot of groups recently, Facebook groups. Um, before, it was sitting at around 250 Canadian or uh, just uh, 200 US, of course, averaged out. But after, it's sitting at 460 and some have gone past that or 357 US. Look at that. Now, yeah, that's a card that, you know, there's plenty of them out there. It, it's a high pop card for a, what was a premium product back in the day. To me, it's a very important card. It's almost one of those cards like everybody should have because Jager is the second all-time leading scorer in hockey. I mean, if you're talking NHL, um, uh, you know, yeah. And you could have had that card for 100 bucks a year, just over a year ago. Oh, yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, the Paul Coffey. Speaking of Paul Coffey, everybody, let's look at what the PSA 9 has done. And so uh, Paul Coffey PSA 9 OPG before was uh, 550 Canadian or just, you know, 425 US after 780 Canadian or 606 US dollars averaged out. Yeah. So that's again, that's a nice, it's a modest gain, 
But I'll mention that that Paul Coffee, you know, uh, the PSA nine before was like two to three hundred bucks. But you know, before being like you know earlier, earlier in twenty twenty, the first half of twenty twenty, you could get that for two to three hundred dollars, and then it jumped to five fifty Canadian, and now seven eighty. So you know, some good gains there. Let's have a look at the Yari Curry. Speaking of another nineteen eighty one eighty two uh, OP uh, Edmonton Oilers rookie card. Yep. So before it was 360 Canadian or 280 US dollar. After it's sitting at 450 Canadian or 350 US. And I cool. think both the coffee and the curry went up because of the Edmonton Oilers factor. All right. Good one. Okay. Now the second year Gretzky. This is the one I've been waiting for. Let's, let's take us through these numbers, Charles. So, you know, everyone's been talking about this for years now. You know, the second year Gretzky is undervalued. And I think it's really starting to show here. We have before it was 29, um, well, 29.85 Canadian or just uh, 2300 US. After we're sitting at 38.50 for a PSA 9 or 3 grand US. Yeah. I mean, that's not only is the, is the after price pretty amazing, but the before price is pretty amazing too. I mean, I bought my PSA 9 at the expo, I don't know, four years ago for $600 Canadian. And it's a it's a blazer of a PSA nine. I waited for the nicest copy I could find. I actually almost bought a copy. I believe it was off of Colin Murray one year before we even really knew each other, and I didn't. And when I went back to buy it, it had sold. I wonder if Colin remembers that card. It was a blazer of a PSA nine, but these numbers are huge. I mean, wow, wow. I love seeing that. And yeah, yeah. A great card. Okay, eighty-two, eighty-three, Opeachy, and the, the, let's move on to that one, Charles. But before you get into the numbers, I just want to mention this is a year where there's no tops equivalent. Tops did not make hockey cards in eighty-two, eighty-three, or eighty-three, eighty-four, for that matter. Take us through these numbers. Yep. So this one is a very um, slight increase, but again, this this year for centering, centering this year is really hard to come by with a nicely centered card. So before it was six thirty Canadian or. 490 US dollar. But I was noticing way before this, these were sitting super low around that 300 mark. And that's a card, Charles, that um, it's you just, it's one, you know, if you look at the run of Gretzky's from 7980 up to say 8990, there's a few years that are especially tough to find in any condition. Well, not, not raw, but in, let's not say any condition, especially tough to find in PSA 8s and up, let's say. I find the 82-83 to be tough, the 85-86, the 86-87. But other than those three years, it's not that hard to find. Even the 1980-81, you can you, you see them. The 81-82, it's tough. Though they're tough, but you seem to see them a bit more. I find the 85-85, the 82-85, and 86 to me are, are really tough to find. Terry says the 81-82 is tough to find in high grade too. Yeah, and and the price the price proves that as well. Okay, Cam Neely, Charles. Let's move on to Cam Neely. So why I um, included this was because I think this is an example of a card that, like, not that it shouldn't go up, but, like, no one talks about Cam Neely rookies, like, like ever. And the fact that this went up, so before it was 100 Canadian, although, like, before that, these were cheap. These were, like, $70, $60 cards. So keep that in mind, like, uh, two months ago. Now they're at 120. So I think that where it is right now, like for for a card that was 60 bucks two months ago, pretty good gain. Yeah, 
Okay. And next you have the uh, the Opichi Gretzky PSA one. That's an, and that's a great grade to look at because there's a lot of people. I know people out there looking for ones right now. My buddy Joe Perot, he's been sending me pictures of PSA ones because you know that's kind of what he wants to pick up. And uh, I, you know, we're just waiting for the right PSA one. But let's hear these numbers. Exactly. And uh, before <laughs> before any controversy comes up, yes, I did check. These were both in the basically the exact same condition. Where where similar where. Similar paper loss, PSA one, no doubt. But oops. Um, so before it was five ninety six Canadian, and keep in mind this was after the big Gretzky jump that happened that we saw earlier this year, and that was uh, that's four hundred sixty five US dollar. After the most recent one sold for nine hundred dollars, and that wasn't a good one. So <laughs> I. Yeah, those are big. Those are big numbers for PSA ones, which back in the day you could get them for right around two hundred dollars. So, pretty awesome. Okay, let's keep going here. We have you. Next one you did was the PSA five Gretzky. Yep. So I just wanted to include like a nice low grade one and then a nice high grade one. So PSA five OPG, basically the same centering. I made sure before we're sitting at that three thousand mark or twenty three hundred US. After we're around the. Uh, 3850 mark or 3000 us and honestly this one doesn't surprise me no it doesn't surprise me either i sold a beautiful psa5 at a show about a year and a half ago for a thousand dollars a thousand bucks yeah a beautiful one would have been would have been uh you know a high grade five some I'm, i made someone very happy and i'm glad they're happy okay what, what do you got let's look at the the mark messier psa9 this one this one really surprised me so before it was 1100 Canadian or $900 US. Right now they are selling for 2,182 <laughs> or $1,700 US. Amazing. And you know what? I mean, worthy. I, I have no issue with, with this value for this card. Uh, it just blows my mind how, you know, how they've like gone up 400% this year. And there, so before we move on, I want to address a couple comments here. So let's just because there's a few, not too many, which is which is nice. So I'm just going to get into some of these comments here very quickly. Um, so right here, the for, um, okay. So Peep says, yeah, the ripple effect of that sale being the Gretzky sales. Uh, Mike Truman says, speaking to Lemieux Tops Eight, I bought mine this summer for about 200, went up to 300 since December 13th, 500 plus. Good time to that you bought that, Mike. Congrats on that card. Uh, I got a uh, Chris. I got a BGS nine five Jager for forty bucks about a year ago. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Mike Truman never felt the need to grade Jager. So many ungraded of elite quality, good enough. Yeah, hey, totally valid, totally valid. If you don't need that card graded, you don't need it graded. Ryan O'Hara, the supply of Jager Opichi PSA tens is gone. It is gone. The supply is gone. Okay. There are very few on eBay daily and they keep getting bought up by almost immediately. Some sellers are trickling them out slowly. There could be somebody buying these up on, you know, deliberately right now. I'm just going to do one thing here. Let's do that. Let's move those comments down there so we can see Charles's face right now. Um, yeah, maybe someone is out there picking up those cards on purpose, which wouldn't surprise me. Says, Ryan, you on, do you guys think they can hold at that price? I mean, it doesn't even matter which card you were talking about specifically, but I think the answer is yes. I think the, I'm a strong yes that these new values we're seeing, we may see a little bit of a, we, we may see a little bit 
of a of a retraction over time, but I, I don't have any any concern that these are. I think the hobby is in too strong of a place right now, especially when you look at what's going on at the very high end to keep those prices up there. Terry, yeah, we talked about that. Joe Perot, could Charles expand on his previous point? If I understood it, that the second year Gretzky scratch off might be tough to find. Now I'm also on the hunt for a second year and may be okay with tops. So Charles, explain to Joe uh, the difference between the tops and the Opeachy and, um, and, and what to look for with the tops. Okay, so basically the main difference was there's a, a puck on the bottom right of uh, all the cards where the name is displayed. and The, the player's name? Yeah, player's name. And it always has um, almost like a, a black coating over it on uh, the tops that can that you can easily scratch off. Whereas the uh, OPG, it's just, you know, his name on uh, yellow. So what, what you're looking for for the tops, Gretzky, uh, is minimal scratching on the black and on the uh, black part of the uh, card. And then just, you know, like nice shape nice nicely centered you know yeah yeah it's one of the only times where the cards were different between the two series and um a lot of kids would have scra- and joe just so we're clear it's just like a scratch off lottery ticket where you'd scratch the surface that that's the scratch off kind of material that was on there a little bit of a, of a different t- a little little more oily i would say kind of almost harder to scratch off than your typical lottery ticket but but um a really cool card Go take a look at the PSA 10 Ray Bork that's up right now, Joe, just to get a great, uh, make sure you, you have a good understanding of what you're looking for, because that's a PSA 10. Steve Sue says, much respect for this young young gun. I'm glad to see other young guys in the hobby goes to show how strong the influence of the hobby. Yeah, we're, that's why we bring Charles on. He's a regular on the show now. So, because he's, uh, you know, not just because he's young. He, bring, he, brings, he, brings, uh, he brings something to the table too, which is, which is uh, really awesome. Mike Truman says Messier is notorious for conditioning. Yep, bad conditioning. Peep said Messier third all-time in points, and I think there's more room to grow there. Ah, me too, me too. Colin Murray says Brian Gray is buying them up. Speaking of the Jagger, the Opeachy Premier PSA 10 Jaggers, yeah, Brian Gray does that. He goes out and buys, he'll fixate on a player and buy all copies he can find all day long, and he'll tell you about it. And uh, it's usually a good sign. Brian's a, a sharp dude. Yep, no, no reason not to believe that, Ryan. That makes sense. Is there 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 are ones that pop up daily, hundred bucks or more than yesterday? It's nuts. Yeah, for sure. And Mike Truman says Messier rookie card used to drive the bus on eighty eighty one Opeachy, but I think Gretzky's overtaking him. Gretzky eights and sevens pulled ahead recently. May not look back. Yeah, that's it. That's a great kind of thing to consider, Charles. What's what's uh? And after this comment, we'll get back to the data. I think there's a couple cards left, but what are your thoughts on Mike's comment? I'll throw it back up on the screen there. What are your thoughts on this? Like, you know, do you think that the that the Messi used to be the card that did drive the bus on that set and has the Gretzky kind of overtaken that or taken that position? I think it all depends on the person that uh, you ask. For me personally, I think that uh, the Messi is still like the number one card in that set. But I know many people who have been saying and are still saying that that second year Gretzky is incredibly undervalued and Honestly, I think it just depends on the person, but I can definitely see why people would want that second year best in the set for sure and and and, and claim it as the number one card. Yeah, and I, I can see that too. I think the Messier is a very important card. I'm on the fence as to which one is more important. But that second year Gretzky, with what we're with the attention we're seeing on hockey right now, with what those two uh, rookie cards sold for, the the PSA 10 rookies sold for, you know. 
it's possible that the Gretzky could start driving the bus on that set. And I like using that term. It's a nice term to use in terms of, you know, be the most important card in that set. So I think you're you're going to see some resistance from some of the purists, uh, but eventually it, it could definitely get there from a consensus perspective. And AM says, I could never buy a tattered card, graded or not. Yeah, collect what you like. Collect what you like. Okay. Back to the data, Charles. So we were ta we talked about the Messier, uh, the PSA nine. So let's look at the P the Ray Bork and a PSA seven. So I really wanted to include Ray Bork on here. Only problem was I couldn't get really like a lot of data on him. Like uh, PSA eight to nines and uh, tens, there there wasn't enough sold comps for me to put a fixed price on it. But I can with a PSA seven and. It's a very mild increase going from 160 to about 200. But I will note before everything, PSA 7s were sitting at that like $70 mark, $80 mark before COVID. So, yeah, bit of growth. And you, you'll see lower growth on the lower you get in grades just because the numbers are smaller. But still, I mean, that's that's still almost a 20% gain still. Charles, click, the, click where it says hide on that little banner that's showing up on your screen. And that'll just, uh, yeah, simple okay. as that. Okay. Okay. Brett Hall and the PSA 8, Charles. So I couldn't find enough data on a 9 or a 10. I know that there's a ton out there, but there wasn't enough sold comps for me to come up with like a fixed price. But before it was around $65 Canadian. And I know that I passed up on a couple examples for 40 a couple months ago. But right now it's sitting at around 160, which mm. is that's pretty good considering he's an 88, 89. Okay, so don't scroll because is that it? And then you have your kind of your hot list next. Yep. Okay, so before we get to your hot list, because I want to show, I want to make sure everybody sees that because I really, I really liked it. And I think it'll speak to what uh, to what hockey guy is saying here. But uh, oh yeah, he says I got a super beat bossy Peachy rookie AM, and it looks great in hand. Great, cost me a whopping five bucks. So let's. Uh, <clears throat> so first, before we go there, describe what you're about to show us in your your hot list. Okay, so on the hot list, it's guys that. I see that they're going up. There's not enough comps to prove it, but they are going up. And I think it's guys who need more hobby love, you know? Yeah, basically. Okay. Before you roll, I just want to let's bring Ryan's comment on the screen quickly. He says you can use sportscars.com for getting comps further back than three months. FYI goes back years. Yeah, there's that. That's one I've never even heard of for using for comps, but uh, you know, you can use PSA's website. Um, you can use vintage card prices. Uh, you you can you can use um, there's a few, there's other services out there, uh, Ryan as well, where you can go back and get comps that, that go way back. Card Ladder goes back for cards on their database, I believe. Um, market Movers will too, uh, but um, but we don't want to go back for. And yeah, he's Ryan's right though. The, it, it, it's more nuts when you go back. Even if you go back a year, it's more nuts than this. But the point here is to look at right before the Gretzky sale and right after the Gretzky sale. That's what we're really trying to do. But uh, yeah, Ryan's definitely right with that last comment for sure. The further back you go, the more nuts it is. And uh, hockey, hockey. The problem I have with Gretzky and Tom Brady is that globally, that globally they are nobodies. Yeah, but globally doesn't matter. Like, who cares what they think in South Africa and India? And you know, like, it doesn't even matter what they think there. Um, I don't, I don't know. That's a weird problem to have. Hockey, hockey. I think, I think you got. I think you should focus on some more important problems than those in the hobby because you don't need to have global recognition to have to be in the hobby. You need to have you need to have recognition in North America 
more than more than anywhere else. He says there are virtually no global stars, so that argument doesn't hold a lot of water. Ah, uh, yeah, well, fair enough. But I just, um, if that's your problem with them, uh, I mean, then you got to only collect Michael Jordan. That's all you can collect. Yeah, North America hobby for sure. I mean, it is a North America hobby predominantly, but there are there are a lot of Asians, uh, Europeans coming in, some South Americans coming in. You know, Ken Golden's been on the show. He has probably the biggest mailing list in the hobby, and he kind of you know he's uh, kind of talked about where some of those people are. But um, yeah, this comment here, uh, it just I mean that just doesn't hold water for me at all. Not at all, hockey, hockey. Okay, let's get to your hot list, Charles. Okay, so. These are the three guys who I've been looking at, you know, I've been on Facebook marketplace and uh, Facebook groups and I've been looking and from those prices and from just my, like my uh, personal opinion, these are the guys that I would really be looking at right now. I got to just go back to, sorry, Charles. One more thing about hockey hockey's comment is that remember that Wayne Gretzky is the eighth highest selling card of all time. I just want to mention the eighth highest card of all time is a, is a Wayne Gretzky rookie card. So again, the fact that he, and he's not a global nobody because the globe includes North America. It includes Europe. So again, I, I just have an issue with that comment. Okay. Sorry, Charles. Yeah. Mike Bossy, Doug Gilmore, Wendell Clark. Yeah. I, I agree across the board with you. Um, Mike Bossy for sure underappreciated in the hobby. Uh, one of the greatest goal scorers of all time, four, Stan four consecutive Stanley Cups in the early 80s. Uh, Doug Gilmore, one of the most popular players of all time. Um, you know, uh, just, a, just a grinder, like a, a hockey player's player, the kind of player that everybody loves. Uh, and then Wendell Clark, a, a, a more of a niche player in, in that he was he's loved by the Toronto Maple Leaf fans, like loved by them. He's, an, he's, a, he's a rock star. He's an icon in Toronto. But he's not really an icon um, outside of there too much, as Mark Lee says. Too regional. I think he's talking about the wing, the Wendell Clark. I think Mark, you're meaning the Wendell Clark there. If you are, then we're on the same page. Um, but as far as Bossy and Gilmore, yeah, I, I love both of those players uh, in terms of having some upside in the hobby. And we're not here to give investment advice. Let's be clear; these are Charles's thoughts on what he's seeing. Um, any other comments on these three players, Charles? Uh, no, but again, to add on to Hockey Hockey's comment, I just asked something too. He played in LA, which is one of the biggest markets ever. Sorry, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hockey Hockey, I'm sorry. We don't mean to attack your, your comment too much, but it's just one. I mean, you've made a lot of great comments and that that that's just one that I just, uh, you know, I think I think he says the problem I have with Gretzky. So it's, 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 it's not a problem. To me, that's not a problem with Gretzky or Tom Brady because it doesn't matter that they're, and they're not nobody's globally either. So anyway, enough. Let's not let, let's vow not to talk about that comment anymore. Sorry to everybody and to hockey hockey. No offense intended whatsoever. Okay, let's keep. So that's your hot list for you're calling it prospecting, meaning you think there's some some um, really room for growth in, in these three uh, rookie cards of these players. And and just to be clear, the Mike Bossy is 1978, the Doug Gilmore is 1984, and the Wendell Clark is 1986. Yep. Okay, what's your next list? So it's just the guys who have gone up the most and especially headlined by the Mario Lemieux. He has just exploded. Um, so Messier has gone up the most. Patrick Waugh has gone up the most. Lemieux has gone up the most. Not not surprising to me. 
Okay. No, me neither. I mean, and yes, obviously the Mario Lemieux has been grabbing the headlines lately and deservedly so. I mean, should have taken my own advice a couple of years ago. I did, but uh, didn't take it enough. Uh, Mark Messier. Yeah, we've talked about Mark Messier. Very worthy. And Patrick Wall. Yeah, these are three players. These are these are all-time great Hall of Famers. Pop, they have hobby love. They have they have sport love. They're recognized outside the sport. Mark Messier dated Madonna for heaven's sake. I mean, he 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 kind of was bigger than the than the sport for a while there. Uh, and he was captain of the New York Rangers when they won the Stanley Cup in 1994. Was it 94 or 93? I think it was 94. I mean, yeah, all sorts of good reasons to to collect those three guys. If you're new to hockey and you are looking for a list of of rookie cards to buy. Any of these six are worthy. I would say Wendell Clark is going to be the riskiest because as Mark Lee, uh, you know, validated for us, he's too, he's regional, but that, that is a very important region in the sport of hockey. So Wendell Clark is still a decent investment, I believe. So, okay. Well, great stuff, Charles. Any sort of final comments on your, uh, your data gathering here or anything you want to mention before we stop sharing your screen? So yeah, again, I, I'm sorry that I couldn't get some higher grade examples just because there was enough information. From what I found, I've now found out that there probably was if I just looked a bit harder. But uh, yeah, so everything's gone up across the board. I've I haven't seen anything that's gone down in 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 mid to high grade. I just want to say that nothing's gone down. Any mid grade rookie card you have now in the 80s, if, if it's like a medium name, beat these in the big name, like good investment <laughs> across yeah. the board. <laughs> sure. all right good stuff charles well let's uh take that off the screen and um hey man that was great i'm glad that you put together that data that was really interesting to see and uh you know i mentioned to charles to everybody watching listening i mentioned to charles you know we should maybe maybe make it sort of a regular thing having him on here once every whatever three months sort of thing and bring some new data to the table so uh we can we can officially refer to charles as a sales data analyst now because he is the official sales data and guest sales data analyst on the after hour show. And, um, and let's, let's even Charles, maybe we can get people to message you on Instagram and kind of tell you what they'd like to see you look at for the next episode. Is that something you'd be open to doing? For sure. I'd love okay. to. All right. So there you go, guys. If there's anything you want to see, send him a message on Instagram. There it is at Charles underscore cards and let him know if there's something you'd like him to look at. That's great. Okay. Let's keep on looking at the comments. Hockey guy. Grabbed a PSA six tops. Mike Bossy thought it was pretty cheap. Only issue I see with it is it is centering, and that is a very notorious year for off centering. But nice card, Jordan. Welcome to the show. I don't think we've seen you yet tonight. Says the Gretzky and Brady comment was ridiculous. Both are goats, and the MJ and Messi of their sports. Yeah, when I said that if you have a problem with Gretzky and Brady, the only player you should collect is MJ. It would be MJ and Messi, or MJ and, and one you know Ronaldo or something like that. But yeah, and I mean, no offense, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to chase away hockey, hockey. Um, you know, I, maybe he didn't mean it uh, to be exactly like I have a problem with it, but in any event, I vowed not to talk about it anymore. But here we go. Mike Truman would love to see Bossy get more love, but it's been forty years, and the Islander dynasty just isn't treasured. Yeah, I think, I think he will get some more love. Uh, I think he will in the hobby. I think, I think, I think people are looking for more guys that have potential, and he, he's got the statistics. He's got the cups, but what he doesn't have is exactly what Mike is saying, you know, uh, is the fact that it was on, he was on a New York Islander, which wasn't a New York Ranger. Unfortunately, it's just a lesser team. It, you know, Rangers are an original six team. Islanders were, I believe, an original expansion team. 
maybe not original actually sorry i'm going to take that back i don't think they were original maybe a little bit later but uh but yeah i mean the it's a cool card it's also a very cool card that design is just awesome it's not the most beautiful looking image of mike bossy but what a cool card and one i own a psa 9 in my collection i love it would never let it go hockey guy pretty cool to compare two versions of the card yeah very cool Daniel says Gilmore 10 selling 2,500 US already the high end. Yeah. And because that card in the PSA 10. So again, we're, 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 if you look back a year, that's a $600, a $600 card a year ago. Crazy name. Welcome to the show. Better late than never. My friend, better late than never. Glad to have you. Alex wants to say big thanks uh, for putting this together. Charles, interesting stuff. Yeah. Very nice. Thank you, Alex, for recognizing that. Here's a cool stat. Lemieux and Waugh born on the same day. Pretty cool being two of the most popular and influential French-Canadian-born players of all time. Jordan says, are stars of the 90s, early 2000s underrated? Well, they're not underrated as far as their play, but their rookie cards are, are not... Their rookie cards aren't even... They're not real... Like, you think they'd be underrated, undervalued, but because of their, you know, there's a there's a direct relation, an inverse relationship to the print runs and the the so and the population, and they're so high pop that they're probably not undervalued. Uh, I don't think the players are underrated. I think they're much loved. They're all Hall of Famers that you list, um, and and they're a nice, affordable way to get into high grade Hall of Fame rookies. All four of these guys are worthy of our collection. The Sackic might not count because. You know, his tops PSA 10 rookie is like three grand now. It's a pop 17 out of over a thousand graded. And even his OP, his Opeachy rookie with a pop 500 something shot up from being a $120 card to being over 500 bucks recently. So Mark Lee, nice to see younger kids so aware of older product. No doubt, right? No doubt. About, and Mark, you miss, you, you've you missed seeing uh, Charles whip off the names like Pierre Pilote and Chico Mackey and uh, Phil Roberto. And I mean... Charles can, you 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 go toe to toe with Charles naming vintage players. I might have to put my money on Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan O'Hara, great data. There you go. That's a compliment for you, Charles. Thank you, Mike Truman. Great idea to have Charles on as a recurring guest. This has been an excellent show. Thank you, Mike. That's a nice compliment for you, Charles. Thanks. Very nice. Daniel Ace has amazing job, Charles. You have a bright future. Well, agree. Terry says thanks, Charles. Sell your data to Beckett, and they could update some prices. <laughs> 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 Ryan says, sort of asked us on the earlier broadcast, Opeachy will always sell for more than tops. Yes, except for 1989. But Opeachy used to only sell or book for two to three times tops, where are now, whereas now five times more. Will tops, will tops close the gap? I mean, Ryan, I don't know about your two to three times and five X or more. So uh, because I don't, because I'm not hundred percent comfortable with those, with those ranges, I don't really want to answer Will tops close the gap? Maybe on some of the more important players like the Gretzkys and the Lemieux and the Patrick Waz. I can see it happening there because I don't know that a lot of new investors in the hobby are going to care as much, especially if the pops aren't created. The, the PSA 10 populations aren't ridiculously different. So it's a great question. Um, and yeah, I think the gap will close a little bit. Just to answer the question straight on. For sure. Uh, Colin Murray says, good call on Wendell. Being a Leaf, there are more sports card shows in Toronto area than anywhere in North America yearly for a week during hockey season. Most asked rookie card, Dave Keon, Tim Horton, and Wendell Clark. Yeah. what? Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, I set up at the, at the at the Toronto Expo twice a year, not four times a week, but twice a year. And uh, Dave Keon, Tim Horton, Wendell Clark all asked for, as are like Steve Thomas gets asked for. I've been Borier Salmon gets asked for. So the other guy, any any leaf is popular for the most part. Uh, Peep says just grabbed a nice copy of a Neil Broughton rookie. That's the eighty two eighty three. An example of collecting what I like, Miracle on Ice. Yeah, that's a nice theme, Peeps. A really nice theme to collect. You got the Dave Christian in there, the Ken Morrow. A whole bunch of cards in there for you to collect. Jim Craig. Seb, Seb says, uh, my mom does not know who LeBron, Messi, and Trout are. Do they have a global recognition? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, not everybody's heard of, uh, of of every, you know. Trout certainly is not globally recognized. Uh, Messi, I mean, soccer is hard to dispute being globally recognized, so I hear that. Um, LeBron, yeah, Le- see, the thing about LeBron and Jordan and Kobe is that they are recognized more in Asia. And I think what, I think what Hockey Hockey was really talking about was the Asian market, I think. And he, 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 we got another comment coming from him, so we'll get to it. Pretty much any of their rookie cards can be had for a dollar. I'm not sure who you were talking about there, Chris. Jordan says, Charles, what are your thoughts about the upcoming Metal Universe release? Okay, so I don't open new stuff, but... I'm buying a box in this 100%. I think that the product's great. I love the design. Everything about the set that I've seen up to this point is just mind-blowing. I'm really glad Upper Deck saw the way that the Latin market was going, and they just ran with it 100%. Classic design. I could talk about it for hours, but in conclusion, love it. So this, so it's going to get you into collecting something modern, basically. The, yeah, and when you said you think that Upper Deck did it like perfectly, I... I there's one caveat to that. The only thing they didn't do right, in my opinion, was call it Fleer Metal Universe. They called it because they're scared of the Fleer brand still. But I think they will. I think they'll um, come around and realize that they're missing the boat on that, and they will start to use Fleer and maybe. But you know, if they're going to carry this forward every few years with the Metal Universe, and they're calling it Skybox, I'd rather they didn't change that up and just left it with that. But if they're going to bring other products to the market soon that are more you know, reminiscent of those late nineties, uh, FLIR products, which I would hope that they do without, without flooding the market with that stuff. I would like it to be FLIR. And I think that would help us uh, grow the market into the basketball football, uh, realm of collectors. Okay. Let's hear from hockey hockey. Cause we've been, we've been talking about his comment for a while. I think we owe it to him to see what he has to say. He goes on to say, I didn't mean to offend. You didn't, you didn't offend hockey hockey. It disappointed me when Manchester gave Wayne Gretzky their jersey with his last name spelled incorrectly and made me realize the hockey world is small. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. The hockey world is small for sure. It is small for sure. Uh, but you don't have to be a, you don't have to be global to get hobby love and to be a good investment, uh, especially if you're an icon, a goat. And Wayne Gretzky is probably recognized more so around the world than a lot of other players in other sports, even like certainly more so than Mike Trout. Like nobody's really very few people have heard of Mike Trout outside of the card collecting community and people who watch sports highlights in the U S like people in my world. And you know, by my world, I mean, people that are sports fans, but maybe not baseball fans haven't even heard of Mike Trout. Like it's kind of weird how much his cards sell for considering he's so anonymous relative to Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle and Derek Jeter and Ken Griffey Jr. So, but still, and still, and and hockey, hockey. I want to say to you, no offense to my reaction and 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 to that. I mean, there's it's not an offense thing. It's just you know, and sometimes hey, not every comment is in inter- you know what we see on the screen might not be exactly what you meant, sort of thing. So, 
but anyway, th thank you for your comments throughout. I do appreciate them. Gregor says, good job, my friend. Thank you very much. And that's for you, Charles, I believe. Seb says, Messier dated Madonna. Yeah, but Dave dated Pamela Anderson. <laughs> but he didn't have a career, so she dumped him. <laughs> Dave Keon voted greatest Maple Leaf of all time. Very cool. And that, but that's not saying much for the Maple Leafs, right? I mean, yeah. Mark Lee, tops will catch up on to a certain point just because the print run in the 70s and 80s is like hot. Yeah. And, and I think I, I think I'm on the same page as you there. Late 90s, early 2000s stars, Jeremy. Sorry, I'm not sure what that's about right now. Mark Lee, compared to Canadian OPG runs, how many Americans actually collected hockey in those years? Who knows, right? I mean, they produced more. They must have sold it because they kept on producing, although they did take two years off, but they came back in 1984 and stuck around. So good question, Mark. If you if you know the answer, let us know. Or if you have an idea even or a theory, I'm, I'd be curious. Hockey guy, is the Com C guy still in here? So that'd be Barry. Uh, would be great if there was a vertical horizontal card filter feature. Oh, that's kind of a cool idea. Jordan says, Jeremy, did you get your free case of Metal Universe yet as a thank you for your contribution to the product? Well, it's not out till April, Jordan. I don't expect to be getting a free case. I, I take a box. I wouldn't say no to a box, but no, I'm going to be paying as I'm going to be paying the same as everybody else. Um, and I, I hope I can get as much. I hope I can get a few cases of the stuff because I'll, I'll probably open one and maybe sit on one just because I think it's going to be cool. Most famous living baseball players, either Jeter or Griffey Jr. Yeah, I, that's my perception as well. How about you, Charles? I think, well, okay. The people that I talk about in sports, but they're like a lot older than me. So, like, I think Babe Ruth is one of, is the number one. But living, living, living. Oh. Oh, living. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see that. Then, yeah, Jeter Griffey Jr. for sure. Crap. I mean, Pete Rose is still alive, and Pete Rose gets talked about quite a bit, you know? So he, he could be one, too. I'm sure there's others, but fair enough. As for, like, recent players, yeah, you're probably right, Chris. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with the 82 Gretzky Nielsen's? They exploded. Familiar with them? I don't care about them at all. Um, to me, they're, they're, not in the, they're not really in the – they. They're not even cards I would pull from, I would even consider owning. So not interested in them, uh, AM myself, but if you are and they've exploded, hey, wonderful, wonderful. Baseball is the American pastime. The National Card Show is mainly baseball cards in, in the US. Yeah, it's mostly baseball, but basketball, Mark, I don't know if you were there. Yeah, you're, you're mostly in the Nationals, I think. The last National I was at in Chicago in 2019, there was a ton of basketball. Uh, lots of football, a little bit of hockey. But yeah, baseball does rule down there. There's and it's so much vintage and so much non-card memorabilia, all that kind of thing. Uh, the late '90s, early 2000s star rookies can mostly be had for a dollar or less. Yeah, you can't even sell them for a dollar. People don't want to pay the shipping. That's why when I talk about those cards, I'm mostly referring to PSA tens of like anything from from the early '90s, late '80s, not so much, but early '90s. I'm always talking about PSA tens. The the raw cards, it's like they don't even. I don't mean no offense, but they don't even really exist to me because they're nothing. They don't. Nothing makes them unique or 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 rare or valuable. You need them graded for them to have value. Charles, uh, one thing I would like to say to that is the the '96 Flair Metal Set for hockey. I think is really undervalued, especially the Gretzky. That Gretzky low pop in PSA 10, I think that's a card that I would really be looking at. I, I want to own one. 
Yeah, no, you're right. There's big potential for that car. I just bought a copy of it on Com C like two days ago. My first copy ever for seventeen dollars because I want. You know, there are like four available. The other three are still there. I just picked the one that looked to be in the best condition. I didn't even care what I paid. I would have paid the high. I, I just bought the nicest one for the price that they were that I whatever I got it for. And uh, yeah, I agree with you, Charles. Especially we're seeing because we're seeing the basketball metal universe base cards. Like, of course, the Jordans are big money. The, the Kobe's big money, the Shaquille is big money, even the baseball cards, the Griffey, the Jeter, the, those cards go for big money if they're, uh, you know, by big money, I mean like close to a grand in PSA 10, although the Jordan will go for a lot more than that. Yeah, I think the Gretzky is next, so I, I grabbed one while I could, and I, I don't even know what the pop is on PSA 10s, but I don't think I've seen one ever, so... Okay, Colin says, Gretzky's son-in-law is the number one golfer in the world, Dustin Johnson, gets more press for that now. Yeah, I mean, because he's now. So that doesn't doesn't uh, concern me or surprise me that he would get more press. Oh, you're saying Gretzky gets more press for that now. So he's that keeps him relevant, right? That keeps Gretzky. I, we're not. We don't ever have to worry about Gretzky being uh, relevant. I don't think. Mark Lee, therefore Mike Trout. LOL. Yeah, I, 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 you must be. That comment must have come up since we'd mentioned Mike Trout. Um, Alex Orchowski, favorite hockey PMG. 2012 Wayne Gretzky, PMG Green. Easy, easy answer for me. And I own one, which is why I can call it my favorite and not feel bad about it. Uh, Gregor says, if you open a box, you should do it on a stream. Yeah, I probably will. I, I probably will. Greg, I'm yeah, for sure, for sure. Hank Aaron and Willie Mays for living baseball players. Yeah, li both living, almost dead, but both living for now, for sure, peeps, for sure. Jeremy and Charles, what is your favorite hockey insert to collect? You go for well. So, Charles, do you collect any hockey inserts, or because if you answer, you may answer be answering based on inserts from the seventies, eighties, or or earlier even. I do have some inserts, and one that really well, it's it's more specifically one card, but super action from eighty one, eighty two. Love the Gretzky, and there's a bunch of other players that just really good photography. I. I don't collect one specific insert, but I know a lot of inserts that are just really nice uh, photography, like 83, 84, the Gretzky Messier card, classic. But Charles, the only thing is that those aren't in; those aren't technically inserts. Those are technically called subsets. Oh, right, yeah. So, uh, okay. but but what what yeah, that's that's cool. But what in terms of inserts though, it would be like those sticker, the stickers from the tops cards or. Anything that was like, you know, not numbered as part of the base set, basically. But what about modern? Do you collect anything, any modern cards in your collection? Uh, I open a modern box every year. So, I mean, I collect like young guns. I have a couple of decent young guns. If, like, so yeah, I guess if that counts as an insert. Okay. So I'll, um, but it doesn't because they're also, you know, within the normal set numbering. That's okay. Hey, so you don't collect inserts. That's totally fine. I'll take the question. For me, Jordan, I, I'm not going to give you one. I'm going to give you three. It's the Essential Credentials, it's the Jambalaya, and the Precious Metal Gems. Those are my three favorite inserts to collect. Yeah. And really, Charles, for the vintage stuff, they weren't really inserts. And the inserts that there were aren't highly sought after. A lot of them didn't even have players on them. Some some of them did. Some of them, you know, you got those cards, you could, they're perforated. They turn it, they were a ring. You know, yeah. some of you had these things that looked like stamps in the 70s. Nothing, nothing that that really grabs the hobby's attention too much. The booklets, I do collect the booklets. The booklets are another one. I forget what year they're from, but yeah, those are okay. So there you go. 
Uh, hockey, hockey. I feel like after an NHL legend dies, the NHL does a poor job of immortalizing them. For example, Howie Morenz has now largely been forgotten about, but baseball greats live on in infamy. Why is this? Yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree with that comment at all. I, I yeah. Um, the one thing they do do though is that all of our all the hockey trophies are named after um, you know pioneers of the game. Even the divisions up until however I don't know how many years ago. The, the the you know before we went to the you know the northeast the pacific the the this the that the metropolitan uh we, it was the norris the smythe uh north smythe patrick and adams division and those were all pioneers of the game but yeah um i agree like how morenz was you know he was one of the best one of the greatest he was the greatest probably pre-war player you know in terms of where you had a rookie card because i know i recognize that maurice richard and gordy howe played pre-war but or no, they were post-war, just pre-1951. But, um, yeah, good question, Hockey Hockey. Good question. I um, have, sorry, I have a really good example of that. Uh, the Pel Pelle Lindbergh, I, I think the NHL hasn't done enough to, to basically, like, uh, remember him. Like, it sucks that I know a lot of Flyers fans who are, who are really young and don't know who Pelle Lindbergh is. And that, 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 you know, fair. Uh, the one thing I'll say about Pelle Lindbergh, very short career, excuse me. Yeah. So he didn't have enough time to put up great stats to be remembered as a great of the game. I know you feel he's one of the best of all time. I've heard you say that, Charles, and that's totally cool. Um, but I just, yeah, his career wasn't long enough that he, and he died so early, or his NHL career wasn't long enough. He died so young in a car accident, unfortunately. And, uh, but, Notwithstanding, I agree the NHL hasn't still done enough to uh, memorialize him overall. Uh, Peep says, "What do you both think is currently the most important hockey rookie between 2010 and 2020?" I know what I'm going to say, but I'll let you go first, Charles. I'm going to say McDavid. Yeah, me too, Connor McDavid, uh, and probably the Young Guns, simply because it's, it's the every man's card. You know, in terms of uh, it's just the one that everybody wants. It's it, it's relatively affordable but to me i prefer his sp authentic future watch autograph because you get the autograph you know 999 copies so to me that would even be a bit more important but i think overall the hobby would say the young guns maybe and uh, and uh, peeps to add on to that i was first going to shows around 15 16 when like that was like that was everything that's when like larkin was exploding you know like stuff like that and i remember just the hype around like you know, like McDavid, it's crazy. It still is. Yeah. I, I see a couple of people, oh no, hockey guy, uh, Chris says McKinnon would, would be a, a vote for him. And I think McKinnon is maybe still even underrated, undervalued in the hobby. You know, dare I, whereas Austin Matthews might be overvalued right now or under or under. I mean, it depends what he does this year coming up. Uh, he's got the potential. He's got a good, he's got some good line mates, a, you know, good scoring power on that team. So he could have a great year if he, comes out scores 40 goals uh well not this year in a 56 game schedule we'll have to figure out what all those equivalents are i know it's simple math i just haven't run it yet 56 80 seconds of of whatever we're used to saying will be the 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 ratio but uh yeah mckinnon i mean he's a he's a card that i just recent more from you know more recently picked up a rookie card of his for my collection it was the the sp authentic future watch auto and i had to pay a lot more than i would have had to pay if i would have bought it a year ago but I bought it, I don't know, maybe in the summertime because I just felt it getting away from me and I probably got it at a good time, you know, considering I didn't buy it earlier. And um, 
And I would, you know, I still think McKin McDavid is going to be more important. And then the question is, is McKinnon number two? And I mean, to me, he's the second best player in the NHL. So he probably would be the, mo the second most important card to get. And, and if you're going to buy his, his young guns, there's two versions of it because one was kind of printed with an error and it's important. But if you look at the card, when you're looking at his shoulders on the card, it's the shoulder on the left side of the card that has like a pink highlight on the shoulder that shouldn't be there. Upper Deck went back to the presses and, and had those redone and exchanged them out for people. So I believe you want the one without the pink uh, error on it. And I don't know which one there's more of, but I want the one that is doesn't look ugly, if you will, that doesn't have an error on it, on uh, just a pink highlight on the shoulder. So be aware of that uh, if you're going to go buy a uh, Nathan McKinnon Young Gun. Hockey Hockey says that the 9192 Pro set the mask is a great answer. Yeah, I remember that. That was called CC1, I believe. Was it? There were the CC cards. They had the CC1, CC2, CC3. CC2 was Pat Falloon draft card, and CC3, I think, was Scott Niedermeyer draft card. Really cool cards. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Hockey Hockey. Good memories. Colin Murray says, globally known golf, more popular than hockey. Just saying. Yeah, fair enough. Golf, you know, people play golf around the world. So I'm not surprised by that. Seb says, do we have an idea of the price range of 2021 Skybox Metal Universe? I, I believe they're they're targeting like $150 MSRP. Are we going to see that? I doubt it. I doubt we'll see it for $150. I think it'll be more. Mark Lee says, the marketing is geared for the young and shamefully misses the greats. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's talking about, you know, kind of memorializing some players. So yeah. But there are books out there. You can find books on on some of these vintage guys and really look into the history. But yeah, the NHL just uh, doesn't remember them. And, and should they? I mean, let's face it. You know, hundred years have gone by, or eighty years have gone by. How much? How much respect do we need to pay to the historical players that have been dead for 50, 60 years? That's a that's not a, a an opinion. That's a question. I don't know where I sit on that. I, I'd want to think it through a little bit. Tiger Jordan says, I believe Clemens and Maguire are just as famous as Griffey and Jeter. Yeah, and Barry Bonds too. But maybe not re remembered as being as great as Griffey and Jeter. Or the thing about Jeter, New York Yankees, very important. Maguire had that home run uh, chase with Barry Bonds. Roger Clemens, maybe not as famous, in my opinion, from, what I, from my perspective, at least. But maybe where you are, Tiger Jordan, uh, you do see that. So... I can't say it's an unfair comment at all. Gregor says Matthews has been getting unlucky with injuries. Yeah, unfortunately. And he was in the race for most goals until the season abruptly ended. Yeah, so maybe undervalued. <laughs> Tough to say. Tough to say. I do not have his SPA rookie yet, and that would be the one I would want. And I do want one. So he's way overrated, everybody. Way overrated. Sell cheap so I can buy one. I'm, I'm just kidding, of course. Hockey Hockey says Griffey Jr. has a video game named after him. Jeter is a socialite. Willie Mays considered a top five of all time. And the cats will never be forgotten. Yeah, fair comments. Uh, peeps, great great knowledge here. Hit that like button. if you, Hey, thanks, peeps. Yeah, guys, we've been here for over two hours already with Charles. And um, I haven't said once, uh, please subscribe. Hit that thumbs up button, guys. I do greatly appreciate it. Love seeing the subscriber number go up. It's just sort of one of those one of those gauges of how uh, how much support the channel gets. So I do appreciate subscriptions on the YouTube channel. NHL doesn't like players with personality, says says Chris. 
I love them. I mean, to me, uh, Ovechkin is the most, it has this amazing personality, you know, but if you're talking about a player like Brad Marchand, I mean, let's say it's a Brad Marchand has a personality. Does the NHL not like him or people? I mean, yeah, a lot of people don't like him, but Jordan says, Jeremy and Charles, can you talk about your favorite NHL venues to watch a game? Wherever my team is playing, my man. I mean, for me, it's my home. It's Calgary because I just love the energy of, being amongst fellow fans, um, I've seen. I've been to probably ten different venues. My my favorite venue was actually Columbus. I thought that building was just nice and intimate. Uh, it was. I was there in like their first year. I was uh, working and working. I had a secondment in Columbus. Luckily, I got to go to a game. Um, but uh, otherwise, no. I'd love to see a game in Vegas. I want, and I'd love to see a game in Edmonton, which is you know our biggest rival. But that's apparently the nicest sports facility in the world right now. I would like to go to both those. How about you, Charles? Have you been uh, been to many games, many venues? I haven't been to many games, but I'd say one arena that's underrated. I go to a lot of Marley's games, and that stadium is really like 80 years old. It's been around since the 40s. And when you're in there, I don't know. For for an AHL team, that is an A-plus stadium for me. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Mike, look at this. Mike Truman. Okay, Jeremy, you talked me into it. Picked up a Gretzky heavy metal. <laughs> right on, Mike. Right on. Very cool. Baz Basilica says, Marcel Dion, no hobby love. True. Too bad. Led the league in scoring before Gretzky came. Had solid career. Also, does Hasek get any hobby love? So as for Dion, um, did have a solid career. Unfortunately, didn't win a Stanley Cup, which hurts him a little bit. But yes, solid career. Underloved. And he's getting, you know, he has a card shop. He's in the, he's in the hobby. He sets up at the Expo, which is pretty cool. Marcel Dion. And again, third or fourth all-time leading scorer. Big, big deal right there. Hasek does get hobby love. Hasek gets a lot of hobby love, more so than I thought. But you look at what his auto patches are selling for right now. It's like I was blown away. Not in the thousands, but like, you know, a basic, like a a limited logos or a, a signature patch from the cup. They're doing close to a thousand bucks right now, if not more. Yeah. So history is what makes the present and future valid. Interesting. Oh, we're getting philosophical, Mark. History is what makes the present and future valid. I mean, it's it's without the history, there's no present. I think you could definitely say that. So I'll, I'll go with you on that one. Alex says, will Gretzky be included in the 2021 Fleer medal set? Any other inactive players you would like to see PMGs for? I mean, I don't want to go too far back because I want P- I don't want them to go too far back. But, I, you know, Gretzky already has PMGs. So does Patrick Waugh. Uh, Lemieux must. I just don't know that I have any, so I can't really. I'd like to see them just keep the PMGs on, on playing on, on current players, but if they're going to, they're not going to do that. So uh, yeah, assuming there's going to be retired players in there, I want to see Gretzky. I want to see Lemieux, Patrick Waugh. I'd love to see Dominic Hasek. Um, all the greats, man, all the greats. Gordy. Hawk, Hawk, uh, Chris says Gordy Howe as well. Yeah. Howe doesn't have one yet. Um, Bobby Orr does have, have a PMG, which I don't have any interest in owning. Like I've never bought an Orr PMG and I don't, I'm not interested. Would I be interested in Gordy Howe? Maybe. Maybe, but why wouldn't I be interested in Bobby Orr then? I'm not sure. I need to think about these things. Clemens and McGuire cheated, says Colin Murray, which can hurt them in the hobby for sure. Would love, would love a bunch of 90 stars in it, Alex. Yeah, but we've seen them get PMGs. Solani, Forsberg, Hasek, they have PMGs already from, you know, don't forget there's like three or four years or five, four or five years of PMGs already in the book. So this isn't a new thing. But it's the first time we've seen them since like the 2016 or 17. Uh, last time we had a Fleer showcase. 
Hasek has a decently sized fan base. Yes. Gregor's. I love seeing Marley's games. There you go. I like the old crampy arenas with all the faults a lot more than the modern day arenas. Fair enough. I mean, I, I grew up going to the Winnipeg arena, which was like, there were some seats where you look straight ahead. You weren't, the ice wasn't even in your field of vision. You had to turn your head to see the ice in some of those seats. It was pretty funny. If you swap Rob Brodeur, Roy Brodeur and Hasek to make Hasek Canadian and Roy and Patrick Waschek, more people will say Hasek is the GOAT. 100% agree. 100% agree with that. Colin Murray, Montreal is special. They immortal, immortalize their legends. And Montreal is special that way. Brad Marchand, love to hate him, but love him when he's on your team. Rare type of player like the rat Kenny Linsman. Yeah, that, that's the thing about, about uh, Brad Marchand, right, Charles? If he's on your team, you love him. But if he's not, you hate him. Like, I'm a huge, I love Matthew Kachuk on the Calgary Flames. I think he's an amazing hockey player. He's got great hands. He's got attitude. You know, he doesn't back down. Although people say he backed down that one time. Well, you're going to back down when you're getting sucker punched from behind by a guy twice your size, sure. But um, yeah, I agree with you, AM. Uh, two guys, uh, sorry, um, about the last comment. Two guys I think that like really fit that Dino Cicerelli and Ulf Samuelson. Those two guys just crazy yeah Cicerelli is a hall of famer he's a thousand point man and he's a guy that doesn't get hobby just like Denny Savard doesn't I'm just thinking 81 82 rookie guys Denny Savard Peter Stasny these guys are like almost forgotten Denny Savard Michelle Goulet like these guys should be these guys were awesome awesome Michelle Goulet is from the eight the same year as um Merrill as uh Ray Bork and Mark Messier his card gets no love. Mike Gartner, 13 consecutive 30-goal seasons. One of the greatest goal scorers all the time. Half the guys in the room haven't even heard of Mike Gartner. I guarantee it. Like, But that's the thing. You know, the cream rises to the top. And the cream is Mark Messier and and, and uh, Ray Bork from that yet that set. In 1981, it's Paul Coffey. And it pretty much ends there at Paul Coffey. Yari Curry maybe is gets that, that same level of love. I mean, he gets it, but not quite as much. Never, never mind... Peter Stasny, Dino Cicerelli, Denny Savard. These are all top-level players. Terry Murphy, yeah. This, the, the, the list goes on. Yeah. Jeremy, what if they did a retro PMG set with all 90 stars? That'd be different if it was – yeah, I, I could get my I could get behind that. If it was a retro set, just retro, and then they did a modern-day set. So if they did a Skybox Metal Universe and then a Skybox Metal Universe retro, I would be into it. I would be. Yep, 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 yep. And then the modern set, yep, I like that a lot. D Cabral, welcome back, buddy. Welcome back. What's a PMG? Is a precious metal gems made famous by Fleer, especially 97 Fleer. That's what a PMG is. Precious metal gems. Lots of comments will come in. Charles, this is this is going long. Tips on finding a Willie O'Ree. Do either of you have one? I mean, what card his rookie card didn't come out until like 2000 or something. Yeah. I mean, uh, right? Uh, so no tips, man. Sorry. Not too familiar with his cards right now. I think Marshawn's antics are great, are great as gross as they are sometimes, just like Sean Avery. Yep, I'm with you on that as well. Why doesn't Bob Probert get any hobby love? Well, he does get some hobby love, actually. He does get, but it's he's a niche guy because he was an enforcer, as you well know, hockey hockey. And the enforcers, you know, it's it's like the big men in basketball and uh, you know, the offensive linemen in uh in in, in football. They're just not they don't show up on the score sheet. They show up on the stats sheet with penalty minutes, but they don't show up on the score sheet. For, although Bob Probert could yeah. score goals too. Same with that Nyland. I, I really like Chris Nyland. Chris Nyland, one of the all-time leading penalty minute getters of all time. But Bob Probert does have a bit of a following. And um, and 
they can be quite fanatic about him. So, but I hear what you're saying still that, you know, it's not like a, not big, like a lot of other players. Probert get, here we go. Probert gets love from the people that like tough guys. His auto sell decently. I agree. Lindsman couldn't hold Marshawn's jock strap. I mean, I don't remember Lindsman that well. I do remember him, but he, yeah, he was, he was Marshawn, like Marshawn will throw hits in the corners though. Right. Lindsman was a, a littler guy who was a yapper. If I, if I remember correctly, Glenn Anderson, another guy from that 81 set that just is like in that tier below. He's got Stanley Cups. Go ahead, Charles. Andy Moog. Andy Moog's another one, yeah. There's just so many rookies in that set. Eddie Shack is a great character. Agree, agree. Recently passed away, I believe. Here we go, Mike Truman. Stasny, Goulet, Savard all dominated their first decade, but tallied, tailed off considerably in the second decade, whereas Messi, Borchelios never tailed off. Sure, fair enough, but they're all thousand point men. So although, although they scored that thousand points in the span of a decade because they were getting hundred points every year back then. So I, so to Mike's point, yeah. Whereas, whereas uh, Messier, uh, Bork, even are like you know fourteen to Messier's got what like seventeen hundred points or something like that, maybe more. Chelios, Chelios, we haven't talked about Chelios yet tonight. I've never was never a fan of Chelios, mostly because. I went to a game in Chicago one time with a group of people and we went to Chelly's Chili Bar after, which was owned by um, by him. And uh, his mother was outside just stacking money in her hands and they were taking like a $5 cover just to get into the place. And um, and then and Chelios was supposed to show up and he never, yeah, he'll be here, he'll be here. He never even showed up. We all went in there to meet Chelios. He didn't show up. So uh, I've been mad at him since he was a no-show that night. Yeah, guys, guys like him, Brett Hull and Chris Chelios, they're never going to get the hobby love that, you know, like what their stats say that they would just because of their attitude. Like I know that uh, Brett Hull in the early 90s, he would sign your card and then bend it right in front of you. And give it back uh, to you. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Brett Hull, though, uh, I think a bit more than Chelios just because he's he is legit one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. And he's got that Hull name, right? His father is also one of the best goal scorers of all time. Brett mm -hmm. Hull. Brett Hall's card in the early 90s was the most popular hockey card going. Uh, his 88-89 his OPG rookie was extremely popular back then. Hockey, hockey. Peter Stasny doesn't get any love in NHL either. Having the second most... Yeah, true fact. Peter Stasny, second most points in the 80s. No hobby love. No, no NHL love. Yeah, agree. Boy, the comments are flying. Larry Robinson. There's a, the big bird. Great defenseman for sure. Uh, huge reason Burns is as good as he is. Fair. Probert broke Gordie Howe's single season playoff scoring record. I can't even speak to that. Two, two completely different eras. But, but how could he beat a single season playoff scoring record? What record was that? No idea. <laughs> Oscar Dad, so many great hockey players that don't get hobby love. It was the same in basketball until this year, which has seen many more great players finally get their hobby dues. And maybe that will come to hockey. Maybe it will. Maybe it will. Maybe not. Maybe it will. Let's face it, not a lot of players get hobby love. It's mostly the superstars that get it. And that's why, you know, if you're going to just strictly be an investor, you got to go with the, the blue chips. If you're going to uh, be a, a, you know, a hybrid collector investor, go with what you like. Simple as that. Theo Fleury, another rat. Great guy was a great player. Rat's a strong word for Theo, but yeah, he was. I think what you mean by rat was he was chirpy, right? He'd chirp at everybody. He had issues, though. Let's face it. He was a, a unique uh, a, a unique situation with, with Theo Fleury. 
Chelios was booed out of the building every All-Star game. Yes, I love that. <laughs> Chris Pronger, too. Yeah. Chelios was a heck of a player. He sure was. I take nothing away from his player. Seb tells us Gino Cicerelli has a PMG. He does. And yes, WTF, right? But hey, it's right, Charles. Like what? But in a way, it's nice to see. Kind of nice to see him get one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, oh no, no. I was just gonna say, um, uh, guys, guys who I think um, that also got booed out of All Star games: Harold Snaps and Brad Marsh. Those two guys always got booed out every year. So funny that you know that. Brad Marsh <laughs> played for the Winnipeg Jets for a while back in the day, and Harold Snaps has got his rookie in 1975 Opeachy, one of my favorite simple uh, design sets. Um, <clears throat> hockey guy says, how about another European legend, Darius Kasparitis? Now, he was like an enforcer and a rat at the same time. He's up there with a legendary Ziggy Palfi. I sold a, I sold pro set promo halls for more than his rookie yes back in the day yes the brett hall pro set promo was a big card back in the day mike says to be honest i have a soft spot for the arrogant bastards in this game so long as they could back it up yeah and brad marchand backs it up he's one of the best best scorers in the game one of the best like he's on he gets big points and matthew kachuk as well can back it up go ahead charles um, speaking of the halls and not getting enough hobby love jeremy i don't know if you know what this is but I, I'm sorry, I just wanted to share this because uh, I saw it right, right beside me. This was a 1516 Toronto Expo promo card of Bobby Hull. Hold it a bit higher for me. Okay, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I think cards like this, I personally love them. It has a lot of sentimental value to me. My first ever show. Sorry, just wanted to share that. Oh, if that's your first ever show, that's important, man. That's what, yeah, sentimental value for that. That totally makes sense. I think the reason why a card like that just doesn't get love is his, his the the Chicago Blackhawks emblem is airbrushed off the jersey, which which hurts. I would have rather they they put some some decoration decorative aspect on the card there instead of just leaving it blank. But uh, Leaf has gotten a lot better at at uh, kind of camouflaging the fact that they don't uh, that they can't use uh, NHL logos. Hockey, I said Theo would drop him if he had to. Guy was a total rat when I saw him play the Sharks. Uh, Howard Chuck card undervalued. I'm not going to disagree on that. Howard Chuck's one of my all-time favorites, and I have a, a, a broad collection of his. And, um, yeah, Howard Chuck undervalued. Great player and recently deceased, unfortunately. Peeps wants that sister, LAPMG. I'm sure you can find one. Marchand's a scorer, too. Very true. Did we mention Lidstrom? Good. Yes, we did not mention Lidstrom earlier when we were talking about early 90s. You know, Hall of Famer, one of the best defensemen of all time, top five, probably for sure. And no, we haven't mentioned to him, him yet, Daniel, but yes, I agree. So great. Kind of bummed the Sharks never got a chance to sign him due to his off-ice issues. Heard about what they were years after the fact, so I understand it now. I think he's talking about uh, Theo Fleury. Jeff McMahon says Probert had a great playoff in 87-88, breaking house single-season points record. Hey, there you go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A little ode to Harold Snaps right there. Baz Basilica confirms. Thank you guys for confirming that. I was unaware. Charles is such a passionate hockey history boss. Love it, mate. There you go. Yeah. Um, one player I missed to put on the list, and I completely forgot about this. In three months from now, I'll probably put it on the other list if that happens. But Henry Richard, rookie, um, absolutely exploded out of nowhere. PSA ones are selling for like 1500 A Beckett one with a missing corner sold for $1,400. I'm like, 
I'm sorry, but that to me is just insane. I didn't put that on the list. Crap. Well, that's interesting. So we're talking about the the Ari Richard rookie card, right? What year is that? It's can't seem to, it's the same year as the Frank Mahovlich. I just 57, 57, I think it is. And um and you know, let's keep in mind, Ari Richard has the most Stanley Cups of all time with eleven. So it does make sense that he would see some value now. Oh, yeah. uh, but I've had people asking me. People have been looking for Ari Richard rookie cards for a couple of years now. Like I get asked, it's like that's the card I get asked the most for. You know, what? excuse me. Like, hey, I got a buddy looking for an Ari Richard rookie. Do you know of one? Like, I'm sorry, I don't. I got one on my PC, but it's it's not it's not moving. It's a PSA five or a PSA six. So I'm sure it's done very well since uh, since. Since what you're talking about, but I've had that card for probably 15 years. Uh, Sean Avery was one of the most legendary plays in hockey when he screamed. Yes, I remember this when he was sitting, he was standing in front of Brodeur doing this, literally standing in front of him doing this so that someone could shoot and score. Then the rules got changed the Avery rule. I hated him after that game. What a, what a putz. All right, Colin Murray, Mar Messi's career tailed off more than Stasny and Savard. All right. Rodman Martinez in the house. Good evening, Rodman. A pleasure to see you, says Charles. This is past your bedtime. Hey, cards have, there's no bedtime when it comes to cards, Rodman. You know that. Jordan, how do you value the 2012 Metal Universe set versus the 1996? Ah, 1996, was that called Metal Universe or was it just called Fleer Metal? I think 96 was Fleer Metal and 97 was Metal Universe, I believe. If that's the case, I don't, I, there's the 96 doesn't really interest me. The 97 does. The 2012 Metal Universe was that it actually, the 2012 Metal Universe actually came out in a product called Fleer Retro. And I love that set uh, more than the 97 Metal uh, Fleer Metal Universe hockey set. I think I have these names right. Uh, that's my, those are my thoughts on it though. And I'll probably like the 2021 skybox metal universe most of all because they're bringing back some real some additional cool inserts and i did have a the opportunity to sort of consult uh with upper decks brand manager on that product throughout the last six months not a ton but here and there like regular phone calls talking about what was going on and contributing to what what uh inserts were going to be in there so i do have a a bit of a, a vested interest in, in the product for that reason so i'm, I'm gonna love it there's no doubt Okay, guys, we got it. My, my voice is starting to wear on me. We're gonna have to round end this soon, but we're going strong here, Charles. Almost two and a half hours. This is this is maybe a record for after hours, and is uh, dwarfing the the hour and five minutes we had on the original on the, on the main show tonight. But let's keep going. You're good, Charles. Oh yeah, I'm, oh yeah, I'm good. Okay, there you go, Rodman. He's good. All right, just look at 90, 1990, 91 and ninety one, ninety two rookie cards. So many legends and such little value. It's a shame. Yeah, we, we we've covered that off already. Basically, you got to go graded if you want any value there. Mark tells us that the Bobby Hall rookie card has taken off. I was not aware. I haven't been tracking it, but that's good to know. Really yes, good to know. In his third decade, Messier faltered, but in nineteen ninety seven, Canucks broke the bank for him. True story. They weren't, ha you know, I know Canucks fans don't, aren't happy with, they don't like Mark Messier. They don't like Pavel Bure either. I think the only guys they like there are the Sedin, the Sedin brothers and uh, Trevor Linden. All right. Hockey guy, maybe collectors from other sports saw Richard on a list of what to buy. They didn't realize there was a Maurice and a Henri and are driving up the Henri rookies on accident. Could be, could be. You've got to think people spending that kind of money would, would do a 
have a bit more information, but maybe not. Thank you, Alex, for the compliment. Great work tonight. Thank you both for putting this together. Hey, Alex, no problem. We put this together every Saturday. So come on back, buddy. Come on back. Peeps, opinion on Hasek as a proponent for goalie love. What's the history of goalie card? I mean, yeah, Peeps, talked about Hasek earlier. I think he's the greatest of all time. His rookie cards are not the greatest of all time. There's no there's, there's no real value in his rookies. However, however, you know, we're seeing the Jager OPG Premier get some value. Maybe his upper deck rookie will get value, but his upper deck rookie comes from the most highest produced upper deck product of all time, I believe, 91, 92. So it'll be tough. I think for that, that's where you look for other cards. That's where you look for like a PMG or uh, that's such a, you know, that's where you look for a rare insert from the late 90s. You know, maybe look for his ice carvings, um, superpower or something like that. There's other cards. That's where you got to look away from the rookie card. When a player has his rookie in 90, 90, 91 or 91, 92 or 92, three or three, four, I think you have to look elsewhere. 94, 95, you can start looking at their SP rookies, which are like the Aginla rookie and that are a lot, you know, better, better, uh, holdings, I would say, but anything in those first four years, of the nineties, you're better off finding a different card altogether or buy the rookie in a PSA 10 holder. You'll you'll pay under 200 bucks, well under 200 bucks in some cases, yeah. and then buy another card as well. Hasek just made saves that no other goalie could. I mean, stats are stats, but I mean, like I have his highlights, and oh my goodness, he could stop anything. Same with Mike Palmatier under it. Yeah. <laughs> Same with Mike Palmatier. When have you, where else are you going to ever hear that except for after hours with Charles Hind? All right. Metal and Metal Universe were actually two different sets. Okay. Yeah. But were they in the same year? That would be my question in hockey. You know who was the best hockey player in the world for a couple of years, mid, mid to late 70s? No one ever talks about Jacques Lemaire. Well, he always, well, was he the best in the world? Because I think people would argue that Guy Lafleur on the same team would have been better than him. Um, yeah, I think you're going to get a lot of a lot of pushback on that, Baz. But um, but hey, nice call out on Jacques Lemaire for sure. The only time I ever liked Avery was when he went off on Islanders fans for the disrespect during the Tavares return. That's true. Yeah, I'm here nor there on that though. Personally, I mean, yeah, I love the "We don't need you" chant. We don't need you. I thought that was so funny. Do you guys collect? Do you guys set collect the production line and punch line? Um, no, I don't co set collect uh, that either. I did work on the uh, the production line for a while. I think whichever whichever of those was like Gordy Howe, Ted Lindsay, and uh, who was the third guy like Sid Abel or something like that. Maybe not, but um, to me, no. But maybe someone else in the room did. I accidentally had the line with Dave Taylor, Charlie Simmer, and Marcel Dion on accident at one point. Which line was that called? Oh, I uh, like I forget. I know that triple it was crown. a triple crown. That was a triple crown line. Yeah. Uh, Colin Murray says that Richard was a bad buy. It's a short print. What do you mean, Colin? How could a short print be a bad buy if yeah. you're paying more for it? I'm not sure what you mean by that. Sean Avery's book is a fun read. That's good to know. Legion gives us an, a round of applause seven times. Thank you, Legion. Always great to have you, buddy. Mike Truman. Okay, it's 2 a.m. here in the East. Good night. Great time. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for joining. Ryan, great night. Okay, these guys are ending it for us. This is good. Thank you for joining, Ryan. Good to see you in here. Hassock rookies are printed into the bazillions. Fair. Vancouver likes Martin Brodeur's father, Richard Brodeur. I don't think they're father-son, though, but I. But uh, but yes, they do. There is. I know there are Richard Brodeur fans there as well. 
joke here. Uh, not having MLB license hasn't stopped Panini from producing MLB cards. Curious why Upper Deck doesn't attempt the same for basketball. Uh, I think they don't want to mess with legal issues, and I think that they also don't want to uh, jinx their ability to get a license in the future by printing unlicensed cards of other leagues uh, players. I think that's why. And and I guess Panini just doesn't mind doing that. Five years from now, who do you think are the top three players in the NHL? Five years from now, Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> maybe Lafreniere. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Matthew Kachuk. Maybe Austin Matthews. Maybe Mitch Marner. Maybe Sebastian Ajo. Maybe Svechnikov. Maybe Pasternak. Maybe Pedersen in Vancouver. Maybe Miro Heiskanen in Dallas. Maybe Barkov in Florida. Tough to say, Jordan. Tough to say. Tough to say, man. Yeah, Vancouver fans have a right to be bitter so close. Just don't riot. No, no doubt. Colin Murray, no mistake. What mis no mistake? Sorry, I don't understand the comment. Maybe he was saying that Henry Richard was a short print, but I don't know why he was Oh, I think maybe saying no mistake as in people buying it were not buying it by mistake. We're not buying it thinking that it was uh, Maurice Richard. Maybe that's what he's saying. I think Sean Avery should have a spot on Hockey Night in Canada. You know what? I'd watch. I'd oh, watch yeah. hoping, hoping he was horrible and got fired. <laughs> Gilbert Perot, another one we forget. Yeah, Gilbert Perot played in the 70s for the most part. Um, a really tough card to find centered. One of the toughest cards to find centered of any Hall of Famer and a great player. No Stanley Cups, but a great, great all-time great for sure. Yes, thank you, peeps. Thank you for joining. Hope to see you back here. Mark Lee, good night to you. It's late. See you next time, peeps. Okay, guys. Uh, McKinnon. Yeah, there we go. David McKinnon in question mark. Yeah, Eichel, another option. Kucherov. Oh, he's taking, Kucherov is not playing hockey this season, just in case anybody doesn't, doesn't know. He's taking the whole year off for some surgery, so keep that in mind. Not enough love for Dreisaitl. Yeah, Dreisaitl is like, hey, he had more points than McDavid did this year. He won the he won the trophies this year, the Hart and the Art Ross, I believe. So not enough love. Yeah, could be, could be. The corner missing. Not a, Yeah, the corner missing. Not a mistake on that buy is what you're saying. Okay, fair. Yeah fair i didn't i didn't think that would be a mistake i don't think i thought so um yeah good pick for third overall as well com c barry still in the house to charles jeremy and all the viewers have a happy wonderful 2020 same to you barry happy new year's to you to everybody in the room guys happy new year's to everybody and uh looking forward to more sports cards live in the year ahead i'll be back next saturday and the saturday after miss fire look at this still watching Thank you for being here still. And uh, yeah, great work, Charles, for sure. And thank you very much. Thank you. Brian Kingsley, Jeremy, thank you for the Instagram holiday photos of some of your collection. Any collector would be proud to curate such an iconic bunch of cards. Thank you, Brian. I'm very proud of my collection. No doubt about it. Been work. It's been a lifelong pursuit. Colin Murray says, Marty's dad was a goalie for Team Canada in the 50s. So there was another bro the Yeah, I think I heard that too. Thank you for that, Colin. Uh, come on now, we all know the greatest in five years will still be Jagger. <laughs> He's playing right now. He's playing in the Czech League right now. Hockey, hockey, thanks for joining us tonight. 3 a.m. on the Atlantic Coast. Thank you. You're welcome, buddy. Thank you for joining. Daniel, good night to you. A.M., good night to you. Rocket mistake. 
All right, guys. Listen, Charles, thank you for joining me, buddy. This was a fun time having you back. You were you were my guest on episode number two, I think, of After Hours. I think tonight we're on episode 17. So nice to have you back. We will do it again. I'm glad your your mother stayed up pretty late to watch this too. So always have you on. Good times, good times. Guys, if you're on Instagram, give Charles a follow. There's his uh, Instagram right there on the ticker, Charles underscore cards. Give him a follow. You won't be disappointed. He's involved in the Facebook groups as well for many of the vintage hockey groups. So check them out. Terry, thank you so much, buddy. Good to see you. Everybody else, <clears throat> good night, Fowl Fiveball. Thanks for being here. Everybody else, that's about it. We'll see you all back here next Saturday. I do have some tricks up my sleeve, some videos, some uh, recorded videos coming out. I'm going to try and do them over the holidays. I'm taking next week off work, so I have some time to do that. Name, good night to you. Everybody, get your good nights in so I can end this, please. <laughs> getting tired here, guys. Getting tired here. Thank you, hockey guy. Thank you, D. Cabral. Great to see you. Everybody, we are going to end this. Final words from you, Charles. Uh, just thank you, everyone, for all the support. It's always good being on here. And the comments were really good tonight. Glad that everyone was really productive. And, yeah, just thank you. Yeah, this was fun, man. We did two and a half hours. I did an hour and five minutes with, with Dr. Beckett earlier tonight. So getting close to that four hours of Saturday night content, which I like to do because I love I love being on here. And uh, this is a lot of fun. I, I, I really do appreciate everybody tuning in and watching. And the, the engagement has been amazing tonight, guys. So thank you so much. Hit the thumbs up on YouTube for me, please. Appreciate it. Subscribe if you haven't yet. All that wonderful stuff. Jordan, good night. Thanks for joining us as always. He's thanks both of thanks both you and I, Charles. Chris, I almost spent frivolously during this, but resisted the urge. Well, <laughs> like my man within budget. That's what it comes down to. Okay, guys, that is it. We are going to end this right now. Good night, everybody. We'll see you back here next Saturday. Like and subscribe, folks. Like and subscribe. Thank you, Chris. All right, Charles. You stay there for one second. Good night, everybody else.